up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come, make sure the cougar dick their shit. Peace, peace. What's going on, Big Mike? What's good, KG? Looking for my other uh, my other party there. Where you at, Josh? I guess he'll hop on, but meantime, welcome to another episode of Food for the Culture. Uh, this is, uh, we're back for another month in review. I'm your host, Big Mike. We got a special guest in the building, our guy KG, as you've seen on some oh. other shows. And of course, Josh is here and Banks will be with us as well at some point. What's up with you though, man? We appreciate you coming on. I mean, I appreciate the invite, bro. It's always good to come through, share my opinion, hear what you guys got going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I got. I was hoping I wasn't gonna be late. I just wrapped up uh, some more sessions. Uh, You know, with the COVID pandemic picking back up steam. Um, Oh, there's Josh right there. Josh, can you? Yes, sir. What's going on, Maestro? How's the good life? Everything's good. Just uh, staying motivated, staying active. My man. My boy, KG, did you get a chance to talk about Let's Go Fit Fam or your fitness I business? Again, KG, I have to. KG is one of the best trainers I ever had in my life. So he keeps me motivated. Uh, Mike, I put him in the same category as Vaughn. Like okay. he keeps me Mamba mental. I love it. I need that. And of course, he's an Aquarius. So KG, if you don't mind, sir. Well, I was just explaining to uh, Big Mike um, due to the pandemic and changing things and the up and down and, um, you know, really like you should be able to be comfortable when you train. You know what I mean? Like because you're going to push your body to the extremes. You want to get the most out of your your workouts and everything. Uh, The last thing you want to worry about is are you going to get sick or anything like that? So uh, to stay, um, you know, in front of all of the issues and concerns from my clients, I switched to doing everything online. So for now, I've been really? doing everything. I started out doing it with Zoom, but uh, Zoom is limited in the amount of time that you can have for your for your session. So if it's an hour, it's an hour period, and that's it. Um, you know, I don't I don't stray away from time. You know, like an hour is an hour, but sometimes it may go over. You, you know what I mean? Like if we were talking, um, explaining the exercise, explaining stretching. So I moved it over to Skype, and uh, today we had some, uh, I got some really good feedback. The sessions today were really good. Um, the groups are coming together, in a lot of cohesion. So you know, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, the the changes. If you don't change, then you don't get change, right? So you know, you got to push yourself. And it's forcing me to be a little innovative, get my bag a little bit. Uh, so I'm enjoying it. And uh, so you're able to still do it with your injury right now, which is good. Yeah, man, I got, um, you know, I tore my Achilles. So I'm sitting here just like this. Actually, I sat down in the family room, put my foot up, let it elevate instead of trying to be on the on the one-wheel scooter, making sure everybody's doing the exercises correctly. Everybody's in the comfort of their own house. They have the equipment that they need, and I work with whatever equipment they have. And, you know, we have a ball, and I'm still able to stay safe. I should be walking. Uh, I went to PT today. I should be walking um, ahead of schedule. So hopefully 
Not, I mean, obviously with the walking boot, but I mean, like, hopefully I can get off of the scooter. So that should be, you know, that would be a big change. Looking forward to that. All right, cool, man. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take you up on one of these uh, home sessions now. Just doing them at home because you know, trying to get myself in shape too. You ready? Let's do it, man. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, but to the show, man. Oh, but hold on, Josh. How you doing, bro? You came on, you know, we're already on. Oh yeah, I'm good. And I was just wanted to to co-sign KG right there. Chloe and I have been working out with KG essentially since summertime. So yeah, ever since it was hot. <laughs> so it is pretty dope, and I think. Everyone's going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy the push. I would say if you get invited, you would definitely want to get in one of those KG fitness groups on IG to keep you motivated because those are, you know, those are pretty intense if you're if you're ready. So only when you're ready, though. Gotcha. 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 Well, I found out too uh, last week that you live in Hamilton. I do too. I'm like, man, I could have been going to him. I didn't know you were that close. Oh, I didn't know you were right here, man. Yeah, we could definitely link it. We can make that a thing for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but uh, moving on forward to the show, I'm gonna keep our personal stuff going. I'm sorry, is Banks coming on, or did you talk to him? Josh? Uh, yeah, well, hold, hold on a sec, let me see if I can hit him up. All right, cool. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm over here. Um, uh, by the wrinkle over here on that side, Hamilton. So, oh, by the big movie theater, yeah, 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 yeah. over there somewhere like that, right. No, 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 not AMC, the Regal, or Broad Street, like uh, on that side. Of, then they have oh, West. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm actually yeah, on the yeah. other side. I'm closer to the the AMC. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's that's right there. Yeah, I went to high school at Hamilton and stuff like that. So that's been out here. But yeah, I never knew that yeah. the whole time. I thought they were going somewhere far. I was like, y'all could have been going with y'all on those Sunday sessions y'all were going. So I never yeah, you could have. I mean, you know what I mean? We switched it to online with just to be safe. You, you know what I mean? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even after, after the pandemic, yeah. like, if you're that close, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, get, get in hella shape or whatever. Well, man, you, I'm telling you, Mike, you get with it. It's, I'm, I'm all about, like, it's the it's the life change, man. Like, you know, some people like, hey, you know, in, in six weeks, I'm going to look like this. I'm like, if you can adjust to focusing on a process, the results will come guaranteed. You know what I mean? Like if you just gotta, you gotta change the uh, trust the no process. addresses. Yeah, no, no addresses for sure. <laughs> no, 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 no addresses. <laughs> All right, so I'm contacting Banks the best way I know how on social media, right? So I'm putting the flyer up now, so he'll probably be on shortly. <laughs> so let's All get right, while we wait for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we'll wait for him. Uh, this is a month in review, KG, so some stuff might be a few weeks old because we haven't been on for the last month, but we still want to get into it and discuss it. So since okay. we last came on, uh, the election happened, and then, as we know, Biden officially won. When we were last on, he, ha he had not won. <laughs> no address. <laughs> of course not. Um, he had not won yet. So, uh, you know, with Trump kind of refusing to leave the White House or acknowledge that he won for a while... How do y'all feel like not having a smooth transition affects the country and how other countries look at us and things like that? Uh, uh, KG, what do you think, man? All right. So, well, I mean, if I'll be honest, I mean, I feel like it really mirrors exactly how his presidency went. You know what I mean? Like, it's divisive. It's not really, like, about cohesion. I don't really feel like that was his goal. I don't really feel like he was 
a leader for all. I don't really feel like that was the point. So I feel like him making waves or creating an issue, like, hey, I'm not going to leave. We all know that's not a thing, right? So the like it kind of hypes up this this talk of a civil war. It's not going to be a civil war because of Donald Trump. Like, it's not a thing. And I feel like him speaking or saying the things that he says, you know, off the whim, not really caring about the impact of his words and how it lands on everybody that, you know, that lives in the United States. I feel like it's divisive and that's what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what do you think, man? Absolutely. And just to reiterate what KG was saying, it's uh, I think because, again, speaking from a third party source, I think we can all see anecdotally, right, that Trump essentially is speaking to a very specific audience, a very specific niche, right, or niche, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying, most people believe the the opposite. Well, not most, excuse me, most of his supporters be- believe the opposite. So they're, you know, have that perspective. And obviously there's nothing positive that can come from that perspective, unfortunately. But that's the that's the choice that he chose. That's on him. Um, what about how, I guess, not having the transition, how do you think other com- uh, countries, being a person who travels a lot, Josh, how do you think they view this or view us as a country right now? I mean, well, ironically, around 10 years ago, when I was traveling in Europe, the response would be much worse than it is now because the internet has made the world a lot smaller. So people can actually see what's going on in the country without having hearsay from their own media outlets because social media social media has done that, right? It's the right. ultimate media outlet right now. So now you have to be able to communicate directly to your, your source. And that's what Trump does exceptionally well. So what do you think? This is weird, uh, weird question. I, you know, we all voted and um, and had an election. But what do you think? Who do you think other countries wanted to win? Yeah, uh, just your personal thoughts, uh, Josh. Oh, I definitely think that they wanted Biden to win there. They were also happy and whatnot. And I didn't see too many people who were upset about Trump in Europe or other countries Mm -hmm. unless they were on that other wavelength of understanding, like, like cosmic chess, like what could happen after this move type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, so in the building, I told you. Banks, what's good, man? Yo, 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 what up, what up? Cheese, Banks, what's going on, fam? What's up, bro? Hey, Banks, right on time. We're on the first topic, man. It's good to have you back on the show. Um, I was asking, talking about Trump and how he refused to um, acknowledge Biden's win. And how do you feel about that transition not happening or not being smooth affecting the country? I mean... It's a given. If you look at Trump's character, with him being a reality star, him creating a show, it's just all a part of his ploy. And you also got to think what happened. uh, I showed Josh uh, about a week or two ago. If you remember back during the Al Gore and Bush election, where Al Al Gore initially won, but when it came back into January, what is it, the... um, Electoral. The electoral vote, right? Electoral college, yeah, that's in right. December in a couple. And that's of days. right, and that's when the and that's when the uh, what is it the um, was it the is, is it judges that that rule or Supreme Court, I think, was it right? 
and they basically overruled Al Gore's hearing. So there's a chance that I'm not saying it could happen, but there's a chance that Trump could still be president because he has because Biden hasn't necessarily been officially president elect as of yet. So there's still that possibility of where Trump could be in office for another four more years. Hopefully well, not. Well, from but what I read, I thought that all of that was wrapped up. Like, so they paid the extra three million dollars to recount a lot of the ballots, and it actually ended up having uh, Biden win by slightly more, not less. So um, even with the recount, I think like his he's saying like now was after he lost the the um the judgment on the recount, it was more or less like hey, there's tampering, but there's no evidence of it. So I don't see it being a reversal in this particular situation. Well, we hope not. And um, moving on forward. Uh, so, you know, it was an article about the, the Black Lives Matter movement pretty much uh, won the election for Biden. But a lot of blacks don't see Biden as a savior. Um, it was an article that we, that we had. I don't know if Josh has it or not. But um when you hear that, Banks, what, what do you think about that? I know you had you had your thoughts on that on on, on Biden um, as well. There it is. Yeah, of course, of course, they used uh, several tactics to draw uh, more blacks into uh, voting for Biden's party, and even what was her name, uh, Stacey Abrams, mm -hmm. of, of especially what she, yeah, especially what she was doing in Georgia, like. I heard she was literally putting uh, vote for Biden and information towards electing Biden in menus and hookah restaurants and places that young black people uh, frequent of just how aggressive she was able to do that. Just, just let alone the amount of votes that he received in Georgia. You could see that there was a strong push in regards towards the uh, black agenda in using uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, effect, especially with what uh, Biden has been doing with, you know, his choice of electives and also uh, promoting uh, a, uh, a cabinet or a, a group that's working with him in regards to looking more like America and just using those tactics to draw more and more people to believe, uh, you know, necessary change. Now, I do hope there's some sort of change with that, uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, this could just all be some sort of scheme just to, you know, make it seem like he's doing something. And at the end of the day, the same thing happens. What are your thoughts when you see that, KG, this article? Um, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with all of it. I mean, I can't say that Black Lives Matter won the election. I can't speak to those numbers, but um, I do understand what, what it's implying, right? I don't disagree. But I also don't understand, like, they don't see Biden as a savior. I don't think anybody saw him as a savior. It was like, I would have voted for Big Mike if he was going against Donald Trump. You know what I mean? I don't feel like Biden was the savior. I mean, the savior for black people? Like, I don't think that's a thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're not against a single individual. It's a systematic pressure that's been in the way or that's been a hindrance. I don't think uh biden is a savior i don't think many people see him as a savior but i don't think it would have been anybody else as a savior there needs to be systematic changes put into place 
in order to make any difference for black people. So, I mean, I get, you know, the Black Lives Matter, a lot of black people voted. It was the biggest turnout of the American voting history, actually, but Biden's definitely not a savior. Okay. <laughs> I mean, What's don't up, forget, like, if you don't vote for Biden, you ain't black. <laughs> when, when you see the article, I know you're ready, Josh. What were your thoughts? Absolutely. So I think it's very inspiring that all of us, not all of us, but a, a fair amount of us have this perspective, like, okay, this is where we'll wait and see, because unfortunately, it feels like a magic trick every four years. Like, oh, we're going to have all this hope for change, and then nothing happens. So I'm, I'm encouraged that us collectively have consciously seen this in real time and acknowledged it to move forward. I, I think that's wonderful. I think that's the best thing about this opportunity for all of us. Yeah, I think KG said it best. I think it was just like we were tired of uh, Trump and his tweets and his, um, you know, his ways and his antagonizing of of the culture and stuff like that. That it really, I want to say it didn't matter who ran, but we wanted to get rid of Trump, you know, for the most part. But I don't think they see uh, Biden as a savior either because he had his own uh, uh, skeletons, which has been very, very detailed against the black culture. So we're hoping that, you know, over the years that he can kind of learn from his mistakes um, and uh, and do a good job right now. But I think it was more about getting Trump out than getting someone else in. Kind of kind of echoing what KG said. Um, and uh, moving on forward, man, uh, we kind of you kind of talked about it a little earlier, KG, with the pandemic. Um, and we see New Jersey and other states, all the, the the daily restrictions, they keep changing back and forth. What's open, what's not open, uh, what you're allowed to have, what you're not allowed to have. So at this point, is it better to just shut down than to go back and forth with these restrictions and, uh, um, you know, and wait? What, what do you think, KG? Well, um, I mean, we hear like, you know, I, I saw today uh, an article about the bipartisan party um, suggestion, like a, I think it was like nine hundred and fifty million dollar um, solution. Brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, if we look at it, at the end of the day, in my opinion, I feel like, hey, shut it down. The reason, the only reason why people don't want a complete shutdown, I don't think anybody disagrees with, hey, let's limit the exposure. I think everybody doesn't want to limit their ability to provide for their families. Right. So for the people that will be massively impacted, I don't know, uh, bartenders, uh, service, you know, service providers, people who have to go out like that. Um, if they close those places, then these people can't eat. Right. So you have to be able to set up a situation where, I mean, it's 2020, like we should be able to provide health care for free, at least in my opinion. If other countries are doing it. There's no reason why we can't. It's just my opinion is greed. So, yeah, I do think to sum it up, I do think we should do a shutdown. But I do think the shutdown should come with some type of money. So people are not, you know, they're not, uh, you know, put out on the street, basically. Thanks. What do you think? Um, I don't necessarily agree with the whole shutdown. My thing is, I think uh technically okay basically it's like this every state they say the governor's in charge on what they can do not the president or anything like that right 
I think the biggest thing what we need to do is focus on the most targeted trouble areas of what actually causes the spread and what's actually uh, gives the most, what would actually increases the percentages of somebody catching it or makes them more susceptible of catching it. I suppose you're just shutting down everything because I feel like when you just shut down everything, as KG was mentioning, it does affect, I mean, it, some people, it may not affect them because they may be able to work from home and they may be a little bit more savvy in other side businesses and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of other people who may not have that uh, opportunity to, you know, recoup or make up what they're losing because of these shutdowns. And with these small businesses, it's really affected them with the restaurants and um, a lot of other establishments that are not uh, deemed essential. It's hurting them. And you're seeing a lot of businesses close. You're seeing a lot of businesses that you've seen that were open for years and years and years. They're all of a sudden just closing the next day. And that doesn't really help us at all. So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So my, my thing is, I think if we find a solution and figure out what the target areas and target problems are and focus on that, I think that would be more promising in regard to just shutting down everything. Because we shut down everything and it seems like things are going good. And then some, then all of a sudden it started happening. It started slowly creeping back up. Now that might have something to do with the weather change or flu season and that nature. But at the end of the day, this is something new. Uh, this is something that a lot of a lot of experts are still trying to figure out. There's new there's new mm -hmm. outcomings each each and every day. But as far as a complete shutdown, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing to do. And there is a small number, small amount of countries that have not shut down at all, and mm -hmm. they are able to maintain the spread. So I think if we look at what they're doing. And possibly do a bit more, uh, add more funding and figure out some sort of research or figure out what we can do to combat this, we can avoid a complete shuttle and complete other loss in regards to our businesses, as opposed to just shutting everything down and just saying everybody stay at home when that is not necessarily always the case. Yeah, when you see what Josh just posted there, that's my thing. Like, why are we so... Uh, you know, so wrong about our, like, our, our path to get rid of it. Like, see, other countries, they still don't have health care. A lot of their numbers were lower than ours from the beginning and a lot. So what are your thoughts on this, Josh, when you, when you see this? I mean, to reiterate on KG's point and Banks's point, when you look at things like this, right, if you honestly think about it, and this is what astounds me, that some people have the audacity to say certain things about a former president compared to this one, right? But statistically, if it wasn't for that president, there would be more numbers on that list. Right. So with the initial question of shutting down, or I guess uh, not shutting down, or like I said, what makes me mad is every day the restrictions, they go back and forth. I think that's what's, that's what's hard. Like one day it's 150 people allowed outside. One day it's 25. It's 50% capacity in the restaurant. Then it's 25. It's like, I, I just don't like the back and forth part of it all. But what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on that, Josh? What's, what they should do? Honestly, I think they should shut it down. Learn from Europe, right? Because they have contained it better than we have, unfortunately. And America is a massive continent you know, in North America itself. So there's going to have to be very strategic 
you know, decisions made. And our neighbors, well, specifically Canada, have made very great procedures in this in this time. So just as an example. So okay. for me, well, it's about coming together and shutting it down in a way that is logistic and is optimal for everyone, as opposed to just certain businesses and establishments, because someone that Banks and Mike and I know were extremely affected and impacted by this. So there's a way to work with entities and businesses like that, like a barbershop. Shout out to a new you, Salon, and Eb and everybody and Jazzo, right? But to me, that's that's kind of where we're at. Like you need to have a representative from the government, from the federal government. You guys have plenty of money to hire these people, right? So come to the federal government and you get a consultant to go out to each type of business and get like, okay, what do they need? Right. What can what can work in a logical way is still be safe and, uh, you know, abide by CDC regulations. What's well, on, KG? Well, I, I think that that's, I think that's really like my point. It was like and even to speak on Banks's point is like, yeah, it's like, you know, like, hey, don't do a shutdown because people will be affected and they'll lose their, lose their livelihood. But, you know, like a responsible, progressive country that we should be should be able to continue to give the people health care, like I mentioned, shut down the country to limit the transmission of the uh, of the virus, but also make sure that the people in the country are still able to feed themselves and get health care and go and, and live. You know what I mean? You have to be able to provide and protect for your people. If you can't do that, then yeah, of course you can't shut down the country because it's going to be man. But I don't think that that's not possible. I I just think that that's not something that they're willing to do, which doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I understand your point. Like, hey, they sh first they opened and they closed and it says less than it says more. It really boils down to uh, people being impacted and how much they're impacted. You know what I mean? Because to close a bar, to close a barbershop, well, if we close this one, does it close the gym? Is this fair to this right, one? Right, Everybody's right, complaining right. about it, but it really comes down to the money. If you make sure that the people either A, have money or B, don't need it, then you can make sure that everybody's health is, you know, what's most important. Yeah, because at this point, just making suggestions like they do every day on, on the uh, press conferences, wash your hands, keep a mask on, that's doing nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we all know uh, at this point, everybody probably knows, knows somebody personally who have gotten the virus. So I just think that they're doing literally to me, they're doing nothing right now. And I think nothing is definitely not the answer. So I'm, I'm one of those people that's like make a decision one way or another. Um, what they're doing, what they're doing currently is not working. So I know, I know, I understand what Banks is saying, but I think what I think a mix between you and Banks is the best way to do it. Yes, shut it down, but be able to provide why you shut it down to get the country back, you know, where it should be at one point. And I would also argue, gentlemen, and add to both Banks and KG is the world, right? So also there is a way to travel on an airplane and not share COVID-19. There's a way to do that and not contract it. Let's figure out that way. Let's keep those businesses going as well. Let's help hospitality, but do it in a responsible way. Because there is a way if you do it the correct way. But sometimes people want to do a money grab, right? They want to cut corners. They want to not hold themselves accountable, right, KG? Facts. I mean, well, Banks on airplane every week, so he knows he's traveling, not get COVID 19. 
<laughs> but um, speaking of that, though, uh, solutions. Next topic was about the vaccine. The vaccines, several, I guess a few, have been quote unquote approved uh, and will soon be distributed, you know, throughout the public. Now, what are your thoughts on it being done so fast when vaccines are normally not done that fast? And how it will affect the pandemic, and also, would you take it? Thanks. What, what are your thoughts on that? So. Um, I'm not taking the vaccine, uh, <laughs> but that? it's just. Um, my thing is this: you know, you hear like the the propaganda, like if you take this, this is going to happen, and all the jokes, and then you see these articles of where people are posting these things about if you need to decline, you should do this and do that. And this all this stuff that has been debunked and just been proven wrong, which I understand as well. But there's also a certain history with certain vaccines that have caused issues to people that these organizations did know and did not necessarily put out to the public to for the public to make a uh, educated decision. And my thing is when it comes to healthcare and when it comes to pharmaceutical companies and then when it comes to a lot of these diseases out and about, companies, pharmaceutical companies are made to be in business to help prolong whatever illness or whatever sickness you have. They're not in the business to find cures. You always have to remember that. At the end of the day, regardless of what things that we did cure and what things we have not cured, they are in the business to keep you on medicine. So at with that with that being said, I don't necessarily trust a vaccine a hundred percent with that particular setting. If it was some if it was I mean <laughs> if it was like a if it was somebody if it was like a holistic or somebody who has a proven track record of solving certain sicknesses and curing them maybe i'll be more maybe i'll be more subjected of trying of trying it out but just going back to that simple point of this them being a business to keep you sick as opposed to you being cured i don't necessarily have full trust in taking a vaccine regardless of you know people finding ways to debunk this and de- and put this out and say well this is not necessarily true than that but what about the what about the truths with prior vaccines that did cause certain troubles to people who have had particular side effects who have long lasting side effects who were never the same they never really answered that so i with me this is my opinion i don't necessarily trust it just because of what pharmaceutical what pharmaceutical what I'm sorry what pharmaceutical companies necessarily do in the forefront to prolong your particular sickness rather than you know solve the issue. Casey, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Um, well, <clears throat> my thoughts on the whole thing are you know pretty Vaccine. straightforward. Uh, it's 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 pretty basic. It's just that you know like. I use real life examples. So uh, my my cousin, he's a fireman. Uh, one of the guys in this house tested positive. So then he had to quarantine from his family. He had to quarantine and then he had to go get tested. Uh, then that same individual who tested positive 
got tested again for the antibodies and it was negative. I say that to say this is that um, I do believe that the virus is real. I also do believe that they're fluffing the numbers, right? So if you're fluffing numbers on a virus and you expedite the vaccination, what are we doing? You follow what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. obviously, like to Banks' point, um, pharmaceutical companies are not in it for the health benefits. They're in it for the money. And it's no longer like a secret. It's no longer like underhanded. It's so blatant that they can just say like, hey, guys, we're going to make this amount of money. We just need X amount of people to take it. And people will do it. Like, I don't know what's going on. So to sum up my perspective, hell no, I'm not taking no vaccine. Right? <laughs> That's out of the question. You know what I mean? Especially when uh, the people funding it, um, they talked about Bill Gates' wife, let the black people take it first. Like, yeah, I gotta be kidding me. This ain't a real place, man. Like, this is insane asylum. No, I'm not taking it. Um, and then you hear all of these these theories about people like, hey, if you don't take it, this is gonna happen. Look, man, like we'll cross that bridge when the water gets high. That's not something that I feel like um, makes any sense. In addition to the fact that if you guys, you know, do a little history on back vaccinations, the vaccine that they have for COVID-19 is for a specific strand of COVID-19. Meaning that if you take this vaccination, that does not mean you're immune to getting it. You're immune to getting that specific strand of it. That don't make no sense. So you're telling me I can get the vaccination but still get COVID-19? It's just like chicken pox. They make the vaccination for it, but it's only one strand of it. It doesn't mean you won't get it. Same thing with the flu. This this isn't, you know what I mean? This should, this is supposed mm-hmm. to be science, not, not anything outside of that. If it don't make sense, why would you do it? That's a no for me. Great. Bro. I got you. Josh, man, about the speed in which they've brought this out and, um, and uh, what are your thoughts on that? And of course, would you take it yourself at all? Well, you already talked about that, but what do you think about um, it? Me personally, if given the choice, as this uh, meme says, whether it's accurate or not, not sure. I guess we'll we'll see that previous one I had. But for me, I definitely will not if have you know having the choice. And I feel like it's a money grab for big pharma, also for Wall Street, as usual. When you have positive news like this, stock prices go up. Just like when you're you know doing. Uh, let's say amazing production quality and it gets, it gets, it gets leaked. That happens to studios on that, on, on that front as well. You get more excitement for a film. So big Mike, I actually equate this to rushing a blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. This needs to take time, especially if it's, if you're swinging for the fences here, you can't just, you know, especially with this. Right. And right. unfortunately, as KG was alluding to big pharma has a history of doing this. Right. So essentially what you you spend one billion dollars to sell, I mean, to create a product, right, a pharmaceutical product that will sell around 16 billion worth of product. Right. Even if it's in a, a certain time period, that could be less than 36 months. Right. And then the fines in total won't be more than five billion. That's that's, that's those are business decisions. Yeah. So. I know we won't take it, according to myself, just to make that clear. But do you think it'll, I don't know, at, at what point will it have an effect 
on the virus, you think, as far as like making things, I guess, go back to semi-normal? Or do you think it will at all? A... I definitely think it'll be a play a major part getting that way because people will love the reassurance, right? Uh... The same way that, that the movie theater industry and the stocks revitalized when they heard yeah. about the vaccine, same concept. So this is why I really equate it to a film production. Like you, you can't rush these things or else everyone's going to be offended. Or in this case, uh, still get sick and or die even quicker. You never know. Well, I, I don't mean to be or sound like a conspiracy theorist, but let's say that, OK, like they get the vaccine, they get the vaccine out and then they start with the CDC starts reporting different numbers. In my opinion, from what I read in videos and articles that I see, they're the ones fluffing the numbers. So if they just turn the dial down and say, hey, there's no more reward for fluffing the numbers to show that the, or imply that the vaccine <laughs> is in fact working, we don't know if it's working or not because we don't know if the numbers are real or not. Some people even <laughs> right. question if the virus, how real it is. I know that I wouldn't do that because I know people who are directly affected by it, right? So I'm not questioning that. But I do know that it could be fought differently. And it feels like we're in some type of weird movie, man. It's just crazy. Absolutely. And it well, kind your, of reminds me of, of cigarettes. But go ahead, Big Mike. No, to your point, so as you know, I'm the resident in, uh, stock investor on the show. So uh, one of the companies who's uh, approved the vaccine 95%, they've gone up 111% in the last month, right? So um, just in the last week of, of alone, over 25%. So that company, I'm not going to say their name, but they're a good company to invest in. But we don't, it hasn't even been distributed yet to anybody. We don't know anything. And like you said, they've already gone up 111% in, in the last month. So it is about the market and big pharma and all that and all that good stuff. Now, for me as a broke, as a stock person, I love it because I watch it and I play it. However, uh, as far as would, it, would I take it? No. And will it work? Who knows? Um, I feel like six, what has it been? Eight months, let's say? I feel like that's too fast for a vaccine to be, and I think there's like two of them as well, that, that to be good, um, 95% successful, something that should be distributed to the public. Everything else in the history of mankind has taken at least two years to develop, test, make sure it's good. But now we can make one in six to eight months. I just don't trust it. So for me, no, I wouldn't take it. If they say it's good and and let's say nine other people take it around me, then I mean, I'm good, right? So I'm not taking it myself. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I am very um, suspicious about the speed. That's what got me how fast they said something is approved, I guess, overall. And to add one more thing, you know, like to add to KG's, KG's point in regards to like the different strands of COVID-19 and how right. you hear people have different side effects. That's one thing. But you also hear how they consistently report on it affects people who are not necessarily healthy and or who have may have like certain prior health conditions right so if that's like um if those two particular things are like two key factors on regards to in, re in regards to you actually making it through uh you know COVID 19 wouldn't you think it would make sense for the government to have at least some sort of bigger push in a healthier lifestyle in the mm -hmm. in the regards to working out i suppose to closing the gyms having mm -hmm. the gyms open as opposed to having fast food restaurant options, 
maybe regulating what they actually put in these foods that cause a lot of these pre-existing conditions. Because a lot of these conditions are, you know, how people say they're hereditary and all that. All that is based on the foods that you eat, basically, majority of it. And if that's the case, why, is, why isn't that a bigger push in regards to implementing some sort of uh, change in regards to what we feed the people and the kids and all that in our United States. Like, because I feel the, like that because would... Because of the money, you know why. That's why. Of well, money. of course, but yeah. if you initially want to, but if you initially want to make a change, I feel like just changing the diets and cutting half of the crap that they put in these foods and these highly processed items would probably cause more of a dramatic effect in regards to a shutdown. Bro, when they call themselves uh trying to uh uh make people be healthy instead of getting rid of soda they put a tax on soda in certain states but people still bought the soda so now the government's making more money because now they got a tax on the soda so that that's that so again it's all about the money for them and they probably didn't, didn't want to get rid of them in the first place now we're like we got a way to make money because they're still going to buy the soda it was never for people to stop buying soda it was a way to make more money and whatever else you're talking about but i'm just saying that's why they don't right. do it it's because of the money Something. So. Absolutely. And cheese says, shout out to cheese. They don't want a change. There's no big money in that. They keep you sick to get that money. Absolutely. The healthcare industry is predicated on you being sick or else there would be no healthcare industry. And it's a, it is an industry with all due respect, just like how academia is an industry. There's always going to be money exchange. And if you do it the right way and everyone is impacted in a positive way, that could be a wonderful thing. But unfortunately, you know, this is the perspective of Gordon Gecko, And I think, and to add on to that, I really do think when you look at some of these countries outside of the United States who typically have healthier lifestyles and do eat better than us in regards to the numbers, I feel like that also plays a major part in mm. regards to why their people are fine. And all of us, we're just walking and walking into walls and walking in circles, literally. Because you look at how other countries, even if you look at the countries that haven't had any bans and they haven't, they weren't as stringent in comparison to us and their surrounding part barriers. But you look at what they eat and how they live and how they how they exercise and how their quality of life is. I feel like that could possibly be a major factor, especially if that's something that they're saying it has something to do with how you live your life in regards to what you're putting inside your body. But no one has ever tested that. <laughs> they just tell you to stay home and order McDonald's. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is what I was saying. It reminds me of cigarettes or more recently things like Juul and e-cigarettes because they've right. been they're so around, they're so new. All they is all they are cool, right? So you don't even know they haven't been around long enough to be tested. And then now recently we hear about the negative things. But like or, again, it comes or even that right, or even that article. With um, with that we put we posted with uh that crunch put posted about the study they did a study where the the actual the chances of you catching <clears throat> COVID nineteen in, uh, in regards to the people of actually working outside of the gym is so low in comparison to what they're reporting as opposed to just shutting the gym down it just doesn't make any sense so it's like a, a just another thing that I, I just don't understand when they do these shutdowns what's the point of closing things that have not proven any um, 
any issues of people catching or contracting the virus. Well, that's true. Yeah, because I was telling about the movie theaters. There's been there's been no cases linked to the movie theaters when they did open, and now they're all closed again. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And it's funny you say about about the staying home and ordering food because it all goes back to the money. So back to the stock market. So DoorDash is about to go public in about another month or two, and it's very interesting because. If they shut down and DoorDash goes public, you know how much money DoorDash is going to make. <laughs> so right. it's, it's 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 amazing how it all correlates when you really think about it and stuff like that. So and um, those fees are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They uh, definitely are. <laughs> remember right, those yeah. memes during the shutdown, like paying like you had ordered a fifteen dollar meal and you're paying sixty seven dollars. <laughs> like <laughs> you're in line. But uh, I see some people do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but moving on forward, man, let's get to pop culture, man. Um, KG, we kind of break this show down in three different segments, and so now we'll move to the pop culture, uh, get a little different vibe. So I uh, want to uh, talk about uh, Dave Chappelle recently and his issue with not getting paid at all from the Chappelle show and then Netflix pulling the show because of their relationship with him. And I know you all probably read about that or heard about that. So let's start with Banks. He's our resident pop culture expert. So what do you uh, – about that we heard that i actually saw the comedy special the other night when Chappelle mentioned um how he's not saying you should necessarily boycott um these networks just boycott the show like the actual Chappelle show and he actually gave a unique um like approach as to why he feels so strongly about this about some lessons he learned, like when he was 15, he had this really funny joke um, about condoms and how if there was like a, a strand made by Goodyear, you know, you could it'd be like indestructible and stuff like that. And then he said there was an older comic who asked to borrow it, and at that time he didn't understand, so he was like, "Sure." And then he started seeing the reaction this other comic was getting, and then he was like, "Oh, listen, I need my joke back because you know I'm just starting out. I don't have that much." I don't have that much material and I, I really need this. And the, the order comment was like, no, it's mine. You can't have it. You can't do nothing about it. And he was saying that was one of his first lessons of like how he had to grow up and realize how some people can just bully you out of your own craft. And then he just fast forward, he compared, he compared the Comedy Central deal where he initially said Comedy Central didn't really pay him anything for the show. And then when all these networks acquired the Chappelle show. He remembered he had a meeting before he met with Comedy Central with HBO saying, look, I have this show. And HBO was saying, we don't need you. You can't do nothing for your network, for our network. And then fast forward, they want to stream his show to draw ad revenue and draw people into subscribing to their networks. And basically Chappelle was basically pointing out, like, listen, do not watch stream my show boycott me until these networks pay me because at the end of the day these networks exploited me they tried to make me look crazy when i wasn't crazy all i wanted to do was just to be compensated for my craft my art and they refused to do so so instead of you going and enjoying the Chappelle show and what i did don't support it don't watch it until these companies pay me what i deserve and that that's right. all he that's all he wants. 
Yeah, not wrong with that. Um, you know, it's, it, especially because you watch the show, he's one hundred percent of everything. He created the show. Right. He writes. He wrote all the skits and stuff like that. So it's crazy mm-hmm. that he wouldn't get any compensation at all from it. So I get him. Um, hey, uh, KG, what, what do you think when you see this? By the way, um, you know, first let me say like um, I respect Dave Chappelle's mind, right? You know, the courage that he has to tell the jokes that he tells. Um, the perspective from what she has, like even when he told, I know we all heard the, the one about the, uh, the was it orangutans with the salt, right? Mm-hmm. We heard that. Um, I think that uh, he's really he's, he's in a weird sense like a role model, you know what I mean? Um, so if he's saying like, hey, don't watch the Chappelle show, then I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? I've seen it already anyway. You know what I mean? Like, if we can't support it, then we support. You know what I mean? I feel like Dave Chappelle is one of the few people that does what he says and says what he does and means what he says. You know what I mean? So I feel like he caught a bad deal on it and he had the balls to walk away from it where a lot of people that, you know, we can name names that would have been out there still doing their thing and just raping the culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's 30,000 steps back. Stand up, dude. Man, I say stand by Saying fuck the Chappelle show, then fuck it then. Right. Josh. Oh yeah, that's a, those are big facts because J- Dave Chappelle is a genius, right? So he's doing the right thing for the right reasons, and he's still probably going to get paid for it. Because the way I see it, these are industry reparations, and as a comedian, I'm sure he'll understand what I'm saying, right? Because you've done a lot of work, and now you're do what you're do. Like he paid his dues in an abundance of ways. And we already see the value in hindsight with 2020 vision, how valuable his show was. So do the right thing. And let's be honest, these companies and corporations aren't going to miss an opportunity to increase their market share, to increase their diversity. So they'll, they probably will pay him and it'll be like perhaps a, uh, a trend of industry reparations. Let's say maybe Birdman will pay little Wayne. You never know. (laughs) No, no, no. That day I went to court, he had to cough that bread up, bro. Excellent. That's stage one. Let's see if they uh, do this for Brother Dave. <laughs> um, I think it speaks to his relationship with Netflix as well. And I think that, you know, Netflix knows, you know, he dropped whatever, two specials when he came back and paid him so much money, but they were like the highest stream things on their network. So I think they, they don't want to lose him as making more content. So they're like, you know what, we won't show your stuff now because you'll give us new stuff later on. I feel like like they know what they got. Like you don't bite the hand that feeds you. So I think it speaks to how powerful that he is um, to be able to uh, um, uh, uh, ask Netflix to take it off, and they took it off. Netflix is huge, and they won't do it for anybody else. Like take it off, they take it off. You know what I mean? So I think it's great, and he's very very smart and intelligent. He knows what he's doing. And again, man, like I said, he is the Dave Chappelle show. So again, I know it's owned by Netflix. It's kind of like uh, Nick Cannon. But while now and how like Viacom is now, uh, you know, won't we'll, we'll let him do his show. There's no while not with Nick Cannon. There's no Chappelle show without Chappelle. So these people should be getting compensated for what they put out there. And I just feel like that, you know, Netflix will take care of a move. Who knows? They might give him a whole new sketch comedy show. Netflix. You know what I mean? So I think uh, either way, it's fine. Like it. it reminds me of what happened. Everybody heard the the scenario. What happened with Dr. Dre and Death Row Records, right? How he left, but he didn't leave with what he should have left with because of all he all that he created. Mm-hmm. 
at the end of the day, look how it spilled out. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like at the end of the day, he's a stand-up dude, support him. I feel like it'll spill out that way for him, too. I mean, you know. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of comedians, hey, Banks, I'm, this is not on topic, but did you see uh, uh, Kevin Hart's comedy show on Netflix as well? I saw uh, I didn't watch. I saw. I just saw clips. I didn't get a chance to watch it completely. Um, but from what I've seen, it I mean, I, I can't, I don't want to judge it, but from what I've seen, I mean, I've seen like pretty long clips. It didn't seem entertaining at all. All right, you saw the KG. What, what's your thoughts on it? So, in the interest of uh, just to support what Chris B is saying, man, look, man, like we here to support our, our brothers, right? We stand with them, right? <laughs> I like what Kevin Hart is doing. I like what he, you know, he, you know, he's setting the bar high. I, but with that said, respectful, this was trash, dog. It was trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. you know, like, I guess we get to a point where it's like um, we can um, get so, but so much of certain people. Like, hey, it's enough of this guy. Like, you know, just, you know, one, one trick pony. I feel like he has depth. I feel like he's a smart dude. He's made really good moves. He's, you know, his, his career has blasted off into the stratosphere. It's amazing. But quality is quality. Like if we can support somebody, we can knock him if we're gonna be stand up and be accountable. It's trash, dog. He he put it out and I he already made his bread on it. Don't really matter how it do. So good for him. If it was funny, I'd be like, yo, it's funny. Tell everybody that I heard. If it's trash, I don't go around saying it's trash. But if you ask me, I'm gonna tell you it's trash. It was garbage. Don't waste your time watching it if you didn't watch it already. Yeah, I know it was a, a lot of back. Uh, I'm sorry, he got a lot of flack because, but then he responded to a lot of people about it, you know, and was kind of like uh, even talking to people on Twitter uh, about how that he's not. They say he's not funny right now, but he's making so much money or whatever. This is not the third. But why? When do we come become so sensitive? We can't take constructive criticism. Like you can put out a product sometimes, and it's not that good. And I hate that about society today like what are your thoughts about that josh like why is it that way why are we so sensitive and the constructive criticism i guess definitely uh let's say the womanization of society we can get into that later in the show and <laughs> our dating topic nice little segue there we actually have some remnants of it in pop culture which is even better but shout out to chris b fucking black excellence on display tonight not no line there my bro and I give his Frank his credit too, though. Mike Neil Brennan wrote the show too. Absolutely. Oh, and oh, for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, I gotta give some credit to the, you know, one of the godfathers of black comedy, Paul Mooney, his credit as well. As well. Um, and for Kev KG to your point, man, I honestly think that uh he might just be we might we might get too much of him. He might need to take a break from the stage, focus on some movies, some other stuff he did. He did a lot of different things or whatever like that, and then come back later on and kind of like a renaissance. I was like, oh man, Wayne said Kevin on the stage in a while. I think he does need to put out these shows every year or two years at this point, and just kind of like let, give us a break from him, uh, and then come back. I think. I mean, you look at it like Jay Z was consistent. He put out an album every year, but the music was good. I feel like Kevin Hart can continue to do stand-up. Like, you can put one out. If he put one out every month, we'd watch it. If it was funny, 
Yes, sir. <laughs> it ain't funny. It's not funny. <laughs> that's you know true. what I mean? Like that's just what it is. You don't you don't get your accolades for trying. You get your accolades for results. Dave Chappelle puts out a comedy show on Netflix. We're gonna watch it. Why? Because it's gonna be funny. Period. So, what are your thoughts on the whole can't take constructive criticism right now as far as society? I mean, you know, sometimes it's a lot of bands. You, you know what I mean? Like, so it, sometimes they're just acting like bands, and it is what it is. I got you. The only way to combat it, you know what I mean, but the only way to combat it is to just be honest. You know right. what I mean? Like, it, it is what it is. Some people want to face it, some people don't. We can't control how people react to the truth. It is what it is. You adjust with it however it is. This is what it is. It's really not. You can soften it if you want. I personally don't care, but he don't (laughs) care about my opinion anyway. So I I watched it because I'm like, hey, I want to see bro do his thing. It was whack. You asked me, was it good? No, it was trash. I don't feel like he put much energy and effort into it. Sometimes we have too many projects going on. We, You know what I mean? We lose our our. Wear too many hats. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Banks. But to add to that, um, no, Kevin Hart's always been sensitive in regards to people, you know, commenting on what he's done or what he does. So it's not really like a surprise when he gets mad if somebody says, oh, I don't like this. He's always done that in regards to just people commenting or saying like, oh, I'm not really a fan of this. I don't really like it. And plus, you see what he did to his boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. With that whole yeah. scenario, which <laughs> yeah. is still kind of crazy to me. I, I mean, that's crazy how you just let you resort, you leave your boy res- to just doing Postmates to make money. You ruined his <laughs> career just because you thought he told on you when he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, they had to take the heat off of him, right? Because he was getting a lot of heat. So he kind of switched it up in that way. He said, let's right. put it on him right. for doing that, which was crazy. But I just don't like the part of society right now that we can't say, listen, man, you know, it's a, you, um, I appreciate what you did, but I, I, it wasn't really that good to me. I, I hate that. That's like, if you don't like it, you're a hater. That's ridiculous to me. It just wasn't my, my cup of tea. And, and that goes with music, movies, uh, comedy, whatever you want to call it and whatnot. So it's just a, a crazy thing. Because I feel like if somebody, if you if you were only okay and they can give you some kind of pointers, it's only going to make you better. So don't feel like, you know, it's always a hater situation. I feel and, like. and that's fair. And to, to Kev's credit, I like the creative aspect of having in his basement, like in his man cave or the warehouse. You know, I, I like that. that. That aspect was dope. I I give him credit for that. The intro incredible. But again, as uh, some people will say, he he perhaps became Hollywood. That's what this said when we watched it. We only watched like the first half, so I was like, eh. Yeah, you know. can't make it through that whole. It was trash. I was like, yo, is this? Like, let me give him a chance. Let me just see if it. I was like, no, nah, I'm turning this. <laughs> point as well i do think uh because he he made this point plenty of shows before and about other people as well he needs the olivia pope of pr in black hollywood because he needs yes. to stop responding period yes oh, yes definitely. stop being your own advocate or stuff like that just get somebody else to help you with that situation because yeah it, it's bad it, it makes him look worse actually if you put out a product and stand by it and don't say nothing back and forth i think it's better than you know, the back and forth people on Twitter, you know, about it. So it's my, my opinion. But moving on forward, it's kind of not a big topic, but uh, 
it was about our, our former president, Obama, and stuff like that. And uh, he approved, uh, looks like Drake, to play him in a biopic and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, since that's your boy, Banks, what, what are your thoughts on that, man? So. Uh, I mean, I think that was probably more of like a PR move. Um, yeah. I mean, because Drake is, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, <laughs> Drake is the biggest artist <laughs> out right now. Uh, but I honestly do think that is, is, is some sort of PR move. I mean, to have Drake play Obama, I don't know if Drake would necessarily even do that because he's still focused on to the music and when it comes to his acting he for him to do like a movie or biopic or whatever i don't know if he would do that right now because he has so much going on with the clothing he's putting out with nike and then he's doing another collection with nike that's coming out like in two weeks and then he has his album coming out in january and then promo for that when they're going to shoot it like i don't know I think it was just something just to generate talk. And plus, Obama has a book coming out as well. I don't know if it came out already. It came out already, I think. Yeah. 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 So, that all the, I think all that is just, you know, to play the public publicity and add Obama's name, having his name start circulating more and to start generating more dollars and ad revenue for his book. I, I, that's what I think. And plus, they already put two movies out about him anyway. It did. Oh, Barry, Barry, and there was some other one. Oh, okay. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts about that? I'm, you know me. I'm not really too concerned with the information. I'm just captivated by how it's presented, right? The marketing right. and advertising of the information, right? Right. right. And just on paper alone, regardless if Aubrey can pull it off, right? I've never seen the grassy, so I can't say right. Obama and Drake specifically at this time in history are probably two of the most diversified demographics in the world. So just on the strength of that alone, it could be potentially colossal. That doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good, but it'll have an immense amount of interest. And one of the things that Obama was great and strategic at his first campaign was playing on his ability to be able to switch uh, in the let's say in the boardroom, but also with the celebrities, like let's say presidents of the past were able to do like with Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Monroe. He was able to be in multiple rooms and be the most powerful person in his room, regardless of his title. He just happened to be the president type of thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, he was on ESPN picking NCAA tournament games and all types of stuff and whatnot. Uh, doing the thing. Um, when you hear something like that, KG Banks, uh, no, I'm sorry, Banks, uh, Drake playing Obama in a biopic, possibly. Uh, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, man, um, I don't really care, right? Um, it didn't really seem like news to me. Uh, I'm not a big pop culture guy, right? So yeah, yeah. I get to be honest with you, I'd watch it, be like, oh, this might be good. But, oh, he might possibly, like, oh, all right. You know what I mean? I was thinking about buying another pair of Yeezys, but I'm not sure. Like that's how like nobody cares. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how I thought about I it. Like, you. Like, like you know what I mean? Not not a knock on a question. The question's cool. I just I'm like I will watch I, it. I, I'm with, out. I, I'm with Banks. I think it's more tongue in cheek. Just something to talk about, honestly, because I don't think uh, I you know I, I don't 
think that they would actually do him. But I agree with Josh. If they did that, regardless of how good it would be, just because it's those two involved, it would be a huge, huge uh, thing for Black culture. And let's be honest. It would have a Beyonce cameo, her being herself. Let's let's be honest. I mean, come on. Listen, Moving forward, man. So talking about music, something that happened this last month was a versus battle. Um, had almost two million, I believe, watching a lot between uh, Gucci Man and Jeezy, and this wow. was kind of you know big because it also had uh, you know former tension between the two uh, during the battle. Uh, <laughs> did you watch the battle? Either one, either one. That's so that's what I'm put here. But I know what happened. But did you watch the battle? KG uh, or anybody else? What, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah. So, I mean, it was on, but we was on the podcast at that time, if y'all remember, right? Oh, yeah, yeah that's so, true. Yeah. yeah, so I was, you know, I was doing one of these, like, you know what I mean? I, I caught it, but, I mean, I'm I'm from Jersey, man. I, I mean, I went hard with Jeezy at the time when I was, you know what I mean? Like, his first album was crack, bro. Like, Jeezy was the man. I'm not a Gucci man fan. fan. I like what it represented like it represented it implied it gave the opportunity for growth to set the tone for leave the ignorance alone but i feel like if that i think like that's awesome but i feel like the tone for what that was set that was tremendous i feel like we need to do that at a younger age not wait till hey you know we've made all our mistakes hey guys this is how you not live you know what i mean if if we get younger people to be on that type of time, I feel like it'll change the the vibe of it. You, you know what I mean? Even though the tone was still there, like the nonsense was still it was mm-hmm. in the building. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I mean, I'm not a Gucci man fan. Fan, like whatever. Me, I don't. Me. I agree with you on that. I'm not a Gucci fan either. I was I'm a I was a Jeezy guy, but yeah, I was on a podcast with you as well, so I didn't really get a chance to see it. Yeah. But Banks, you weren't on the podcast. Did you get a chance to watch right. it? I did. I watched. Um, I mean, I don't watch the whole thing. I watched clips of it, but it was entertaining. Um, you know, Gucci Man was doing what Gucci Man does. He was joking, um, basically clowning Jeezy. Jeezy was just being cool, calm, and collective. You know, making little remarks here and there, trying to you know play as if he's the bigger man and all that. Um, but it was very entertaining. And but to me. Obviously, I think most of it, if not all of it, was staged. Mm, Obviously. And because I feel like with the the stuff that Jeezy was saying, like, oh, you know, we should move past this. And he was giving, like, little quotes and little stories here and there. And then, you know, he threw, like, Gucci Man threw a jab at him, like, oh, you need to work on your outfit. Your outfit is trash, blah, blah, blah. And Jeezy was like, well, I'm not worried about my outfit or jewelry when I own half of Atlanta, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, little, you know, silly jabs here and there. So it, it was it was definitely entertaining at that, but it also felt like it was somewhat staged to where um, it, it just didn't, it just didn't seem right. Like for these guys that have tension and for these guys to have, you know, these major issues, for them to be together after all these years and the way it played out. And then they play that So Icy song, which they haven't played in a long time together. It just didn't, it just seemed too good to be true. And um, I think it was just from an entertainment aspect 
uh, you know, both of them had some uh, pro- Jeezy had the recession two coming out and Gucci had some sort of hits playlist of songs that came out that day too. So I, I think all of it, or if not, or more, at least most of it was just some sort of publicity stunt. So are Which you saying you think, the, you think their beef is still there or you think they did it for publicity or you think the beef had been gone already? I There's a part of me thinking that a lot of what happened, they mended years ago. Or, uh, at, least, or at least it's not something that... Um, that it really stresses them. I mean, I I know at the after party, Gucci did have uh, high armed security guards, and there was like AKs Ooh, everywhere. Clipped up, bro. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So, I mean, that was that was one thing, but I mean, that could also just be precaution off of the fans. You know, you never know what fans are going to do. And with the recent murders uh, in Atlanta, you know, you, you can never be cautious. Never be too cautious. Um, so that makes sense. Um, but I, I still think they, they, even if they're not cool, they're somewhat cordial enough to make sound business decisions. And it just seemed from what they did and how it played out, it just seemed like there was some sort of scripting or like an agenda. Like, okay, this is going to go here. This is act one. This is act two. This is act three. This is act four. And the final act we're going to play so icy and we're going to put in be friends and the end. And that's how it went. Okay. So Josh, let's talk to you about what you're looking at on the screen and the numbers that you see right there. So when you see that, uh, what does that tell you about the whole uh, versus platform and where it's going and how it's taking off right now? Or for starters, they need to hit up accounts like hood ratchet tv to have people like p streaming there live because i think that would be amazing just to have the battle on multiple streaming platforms so that that would be the first by these numbers just by the seven billion impression so that's that's food for thought because i know ig specifically wants to compete with youtube so that would be one of the ways that they would be able to do that by collaborating with content creators one of the thing that facebook has been raked over the coals about recently so that 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 solves all those problems right there. That's number one. Then number two, to me, at the end of the day, with a any type of dispute in this specific situation, either I hate you so much that I totally disregard, I get in my feels, right, about the money that we could potentially make together in this specific industry. So I agree that they squashed this a, a while ago, right, and they saw that how their feud could fuel their progress. Mm-hmm. Their hip-hop artists have done throughout the years. There's nothing new under the sun here, gentlemen, right? So to me, I'm just looking at it from that perspective. And this made a lot of sense, right? So I just think they should be looking at that going forward versus TV with Hood Ratchet TV. That's just food for thought. It's like similar to when you saw um, Black Republican. Mm-hmm. The first time you saw Nas and Jay and you know, they had, they had beef, you know what I mean? But they ain't had that kind of beef. Like, that was old. Nah, they had that they kind of beef. Right? <laughs> they was outside with it, but but I tell you, who they had that kind of beef. J uh, ja Rule and Fifty Cent. You think they can ever do a versus together? Then KG, I think uh, Ja Rule is desperate enough, and I think Fifty is big enough of a troll, so it would work perfectly. It never. But it's never gonna happen. No. Well, happen. again, I feel like Ja Rule's too much beneath Fifty now, but you never know. Ja Rule would do it. 
50 won't do it. Because it's like, it's going to help Ja Rule. It's not going to help 50 Cent. Yeah, it'll help Ja Rule more. I think it could definitely benefit yeah. 50 Cent. And 50, know? yeah. And 50 does not, 50 doesn't want to help Ja Rule. Like, that doesn't make any sense. It's just going to give more traction to, like, oh, damn, I forgot Ja Rule made that song. Or he, he made that too. Or this is good. Like, it's going to brought, it's going to draw his streaming numbers up. It's going to draw more publicity to the Ja Rule and Irv Gotti brand. And then it's going to cause Ja Rule to be in the limelight again. And that's the complete opposite of what 50 Cent wants to do. Like, I even heard that um, he would do, possibly do a versus with the game, which would be more entertaining at that because that's more relevant to since the game was with G-Unit and then they had that big G-Unit campaign and the whole back and forth and then them mending it, that would be big. And I can only, ima I can only imagine the banter going back and forth, especially if game plays hits from the documentary and then 50 saying, well, I wrote that. Oh, I wrote that one too. <laughs> I wrote that yeah. one. <laughs> All your hits are, are mine. So what's next? Or should I play it? <laughs> I, feel like, you know, like, I feel like 50 took on a date. Like, like you know, we think about it like how the diplomats, how they ran through, like you had like a time frame. You know what I mean? Like, yo, those mixtapes were not albums. They felt like albums, but they was mixtapes. His first album was crack, like no argument. His second album was good. And then that was it. Like after that, like after they got into it with the locks, like it was like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to put up a catalog, 50 don't have a catalog. He don't have a catalog to go up against greats. Again, his mixtape days were tremendous. Like I there is nobody who can compete with his mixtapes. Tremendous, right? Album wise. <laughs> that's 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 true. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um that's why he didn't want to battle with TI. He can say what he wants, but he can't. 50 got some hits. He got hits. His hits on his album, his his, first, his whole first album, crack. First Junior album. Really good. Anything after that was, you know, was sauce. Yeah, I do. I do think. I do think Tip got more hits to him overall. That was my opinion too. Yeah, um, cook him, cook him, because yeah. Ti like Ti went like this. Fifty went straight up and then down like this. Ti still getting yeah. better. I mean, that's arguable, but he had a, a <laughs> he had more of a you know. Uh, a growth in his trajectory. He didn't just shoot right up. Yeah. Well, let's move forward, man. To some um to uh, what happened just this last weekend, Saturday night, the uh, Mike Tyson Roy Jones fight finally happened. But a fight happened before that. But we also saw Nate Robinson get KO'd, and I'm I'm sure you either saw or watched or seen it on social media. So what what are your thoughts on all of the KG Mike Tyson Roy and and the Nate Robinson fight? Something like that. Um, it was a very weird ticket to me. Like I, I watch boxing a little bit. I'm a okay. fan of the sport. Um, you know, I, I trained a little bit, low key though. Like, um, I mean, I can't say nothing that wasn't already said, man. Nate embarrassed himself. Like the first thing I thought was like, yo, how come nobody on his team was like, you should not do this. He didn't hold his hands up. He didn't know how to hold his hands. He couldn't defend himself. 
Like he was, he wanted to, he wanted to wrestle. Like he wanted to pick him up, and it's not that type of thing. And he did not have a skill set for it. He clearly didn't do any training for it. He didn't have any formal training to back him up to put gloves on and go in the ring in that type of setting. And I guess the the YouTuber, you know, he did, and it showed. You know what I mean? Like you can't be naive and be like, oh, well, he's black, so he's gonna beat the white guy. That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like if you train, if you don't train, you have a skill set, you don't have a skill set. Like that was just he, he got beat up because he didn't know how to fight. Well, maybe well, he could fight, but he definitely can't box. What about the Tyson and Roy fight? Did you watch that too? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Um, um honestly, I I feel like uh you know Roy was really just in it for the bread. I felt like he got peer pressured into it. He was absolutely in no condition to get up in there, to get in the ring in, in any capacity. I mean, the first round, they only did two-minute rounds. You guys got to understand, like, how ridiculous that is. When I saw that on two-minute rounds, I was like, what is that? That's not a thing. 12-ounce glove, two-minute rounds. I'm like, this is, like, really, they put the training wheels on. Um, but the fact that Roy didn't make it through one round, I, granted, it's Mike Tyson, 55-year-old Mike Tyson or something close to it, but it's still Mike Tyson. He was not prepared for that at all. Um, I think he was just more or less trying not to get knocked out. Tyson was trying to get to him. I think Tyson trained for it the best that he could at his age, and um, he was prepared. Roy Jones clearly was not. They were both way, way many decades past their prime. And um, okay. I wish I wish that I didn't have to watch it. Like I would have like I would rather have remembered them the way that I remembered them than to wow. see that. And I actually explained this to my pops prior too. I was like, "Yo, I, re I really don't think that this should happen." Um, it's like when Jordan came back, he played for the Wizards. <laughs> and I, I wish that just never happened. You, you know what I mean? Like you want to see it because you have all of this nostalgia that you want to like. Oh, it's, it's never gonna live up to it. And I feel like you know, sometimes you just gotta let the sunset on it, man. Yeah, I mean. I, I I did like the fact that Mike got in shape of where he was and whatnot, that he was so motivated and into the boxing. So I like that spirit of Mike to get back into the ring and stuff like that. So that's the only thing I do like about it. But Banks, uh, what are your thoughts from Saturday night? Stuff like that. So. Um, well, to start with my boy Nate, I think he really embarrassed himself, especially with all the things he was saying. Like that, because it's one thing to say you're going to fight. But then you put all this stuff like I'm doing this for my family, the NBA, and all this because people are going to screenshot these things. And the minute you fail, they're going to repost it exactly what they did. They reposted everything that he was saying to make him look stupid, which they did. And then with the whole Nate Robinson challenge where people are laying on the ground, laying on <laughs> elevators, like it's just – I feel like the only positive thing, the only positive comment was the Floyd Mayweather comment where he basically said we shouldn't bring him down. You know, he tried his best. Boxing is a tough sport. You know, he gave us all. We shouldn't be bringing him. We shouldn't bring this this fellow black man down. We should really be lifting, uplifting him and all that. But instead of doing that, you know how the internet is. There's plenty yeah. of trolls. There's plenty of people who like to bring misery, their misery onto others, and they're basically roasting, roasting Nate, like days and days of just roasting him. It's still going so, on every day. Right. And then the whole matchup, like, it, it was embarrassing to watch, especially live. I didn't know, who was Saturday. I'm like, who I didn't know either. I thought he was a fighter because I remember when they were, they posted him, they were like, oh, 
some some girl was like, "Oh, you shouldn't. This is why you shouldn't um, commentate on on a real sport because fighting is real." But then somebody else was like, "But Jake Paul is a YouTube personality. He's not a fighter." <laughs> I was and I looked it up. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he is." So that made it even worse because somebody screenshot and, and reposted it on one of those other um, trending websites and all that. Um, but I I just feel bad. I don't I don't even know. I feel like Nate should have never did this. Or he maybe he should have took it a little bit more seriously. I don't know what type of training he did. I mean, obviously he's in shape, but to be in boxing shape, that's completely different. As opposed to being physical shape and boxing shape, those are two different things. And I'm not sure if he just thought he would be okay, or maybe he did a couple of streets fights in his life and like he <laughs> can get this this white boy, or whatever, which usually is the case. I mean, to be honest, if you feel like you fought somebody before, you feel like you could box, but no. Those are two different animals. And most fights don't last two minutes. Like <laughs> going at it at a person like it, it it doesn't. Let alone going, what was it, eight, eight rounds? Eight rounds, two minutes each or whatever. Um he didn't see eight rounds. Yeah, exactly. But it, but just to give it in perspective, um <laughs> it, it just didn't sit well. And then fast forward to, you know, Mike Tyson and your boy Roy. Uh <laughs> you should put the Roy. Uh... <laughs> Never mind. But uh, I think with that, I think all that was somewhat staged because I think all of it was because I feel like the, the whole thing, the whole premise of the fight, because it was all for charity, was they all knew it was going to be unanimous. It was going to be a draw. It wasn't going to be like a knockout because I feel like Mike was just basically, you know, throwing punches here and there and Roy was like, you know, trying to keep up. But you did see in, in the differences between Mike and on um, between Mike's corner and Roy's corner that he did look exhausted. Like <laughs> that had my boy looking crazy. Like looking like he didn't even want to be out there. Like he actually looked his age where where um Mike he kind of looked poised and in control even at the post show like mike is talking joking around roy is still huffing and puffing regardless of how the outcome may have ended <laughs> it just it was just funny to see how roy is just like all tired and all that and mike is just joking around yeah well i know the fight they crazy numbers man it was it was uh Everybody I talked to was getting it and stuff like that. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on the event and the numbers that it did? And should there be something like that again? What are your thoughts on that? So. Right. So this reminds me of kind of like when you get uh, bids to come out of retirement from current fighters. You know, if you're a, if you're a wise fighter and you've lived, uh, let's say, and lived long enough to have a record like Floyd's, things like that, then it, the purse strings is going to have to be massive for me to even consider it. Right, you're gonna need 250 million just for me to think about it, because with my record and leverage right now. So to me, this is what the the Roy and and Mike Tyson fight was about. Shout out to Roy because he also got his haircut by our barber Jazz. Though shout out to Jazz, but um, and it's the same thing with you know Nate Robinson and and Jake Paul, and we can see they only made 600, and both of them both of them make more money to not do this, which is why it's embarrassing for. For brother Nate, that's why I couldn't really, you know, show it. We've seen it everywhere in different memes and all that. Right, so right, right. Yeah. Show it again, but I mean, if 
with Nate's athleticism alone, if he if he had the Mamba mentality and trained equal to, if not more than Jake Paul, I think this would be a lot more competitive and entertaining fight and possibly would have been more entertaining than the second fight. Yo, when the bell rung, I was like, what is he? I was like, no, no. I was like, oh, no. Why they let bro come out there from the bell? You're like, what is he doing? And it was over after that. <laughs> um, is, is there a rematch that happened? Between Nate and hell no. Nate better not get back in that ring. <laughs> I'm forgetting his life. But um, I, I, a few months ago when we were talking about this, I know Tyson was talking about, I guess he wanted him and Roy to be the catalyst to um, something bigger where like older athletes who feel like they're not done to have like another one last fight or one last, um, you know, way to do their sport. So I think it's kind of like a big three uh, slash versus type of thing where like you might be older from your um your, your genre, but you still want to do something. So it can become bigger because it did generate a lot of pay-per-views. It was $50 to buy the pay-per-view, and they made a lot of money. So, you know, if it's other athletes who feel like they still can get out there and want to put on the show, I mean, it, it can become something, you know, bigger than even that. So I can't see that. Now, I don't know if Mike and Roy, you know, people can generate as much money as Mike and Roy did, but I'm sure there's athletes that still want to get out there. And, and do something. I feel like they're not done, but their sport kind of retired them. Just like the big three, like all those guys still want to play basketball, and that's why they're out there doing it right now. So I think, um, I think boxing is a little bit different, though, Mike. Like you get a certain age, like fifty-five, like you can't really, your body can't deal with that. I, I watching them fight, I started to honestly, like you know, after the third round, I was starting to get worried. Like somebody might get hurt, hurt. That's true. <laughs> 55 and up, you get, like, special living conditions. Like, it's called adult communities. Like, you're not supposed to be in that type of situation. But. <laughs> I mean, I definitely get your, I definitely get your, uh, get your point um, for those two in particular. But not just boxing. I mean, like, you can have – I'm sure there's 22 football players who might want to take a – do, like, a one type of game that could be shown. Whatever it is, stuff like that. They're maybe, like, 46 and up, can't play in their sport no more, might, might still be in shape. Um Nate, uh, yeah, first of all, Nate is 5'7", 180 pounds. Jake Paul 6'1", like 210, 220. So it was a mismatch from the beginning. That's number one. Uh, number two, um, I think it's 600K, actually, Josh. I think I think it's a misprint um, on that. When I went back and read it later on, it's more than 600. But still, um, I, I think Nate wasn't trained well, and he could have trained better, you know, for it. And I think even if it was 600K, he, he might have wound up worse for wear because of what happened to him now. You know what I mean? So uh may not have been worth it. Now, Jake Paul has 20 million YouTube subscribers. So he makes way more than that, obviously. But um, he claims he really wants to do it, I, I guess. Uh, with Mike and, and Roy, uh, I, I went back. I think the draw was fixed from the beginning, honestly. I don't want either one of them to take a loss. It was always going to be a draw. And I think Roy had an activity in the beginning. And somebody said, yo, you got to be more active so we can try to sell this draw. But it really wasn't a draw, but they had to try to sell the draw. Um, it was cool, I guess, for one last. I mean, I, I see what you're saying, KG. See, I look at it different. Mike with the Wizards wasn't Mike with the Bulls, but Mike had, had a couple 50-point games with the Wizards as a 40-year-old man. Like, who else is doing that? So I still felt like he was doing something that, that wasn't done before. So I'm kind of okay with that to see people kind of have moments of – like, if you ask players from back then, like who were young, uh, KG, 
T-Mac and they like, listen, Mike was still nice. It's like, it's like, don't let him tell you he was old or whatever. He's still cooking us or whatnot. So he wasn't what he was with the Bulls, but he still was all right. So, you know, I, I'm okay with it in that regard. Well, not. But uh, moving on forward, man, to the topic of the last couple of days. TMZ, it's been uh, everywhere, actually. Uh, yeah, the restaurant owner who uh, threatened to kick the patrons out for twerking. I don't want to be specific on his furniture. Uh, and, really uh, yeah, out of, out of respect for all parties involved, right, who are listening, who may not have seen him because I've had this conversation many times and usually a perspective is formed without having all the context. Mm-hmm. So out of respect, I'm going to play the entire clip because people only get bits and pieces and then we'll reconvene from there out of respect. Sound? I don't know. We lost Josh, and the sound's not there either. We should be muted right now. <laughs> I'll let it play. Let it rock out. Did you guys see this already? We saw it. Yeah, yeah, we I saw about it. it. All right, so. Josh will be back in front. What, what are your thoughts, KJ, of it all? All right, so boom, right? Um, I think that uh, – I think bro had a point, man. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yo, there's a time and a place for it. And at the end of the day, it's his place. So he decides time and a place. Like, yo, what than like – he didn't say, hey, you can't come in here dressed like that. He said, like, you can't be in here in this type of behavior. And I feel like yo, it implied that you guys have to have a certain amount of respect for yourselves. Um, I don't feel like that was the best approach, but I also don't have, I don't see it as a problem because I don't have a remedy. Like, I don't say he should have did it this way. At the end of the day, he did it the way he did it. I don't necessarily think that it was 100% wrong. I understand where generally he was coming from. And, you know, I, I don't really know why they was in this shaking ass. I don't have a problem with asses being shook, but there's a time and a place. So, I mean, I don't feel like he was out of pocket. I feel like sometimes it needs to be said, like, really quick, I watched an old clip from when Maya Angelou was, I think she was on the Oprah Winfrey show, and a young lady stood up in the audience, and she was like, hi, Maya, and she went to ask her a question, and when Maya Angelou spoke, she said, first of all, you're not old enough to call me by my first name. Like, we were raised, I, I know I was raised in an era where you couldn't call adults by the first name. It was either Miss This or Mr. That, mm-hmm. right? That shit has come, become a wash. Like, it's like respect, whatever. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like a lot of those traditions need to be dead. I feel like they need to be revamped. Some of the shit was toxic, but ultimately, and to bring it back, I don't want to make it a history lesson. My perspective is that I don't feel like he was way out of pocket. I feel like, you know, he was a little more direct and blunt than what people necessarily care to hear, but I don't feel like he was wrong. So whoever don't like it, don't go to his restaurant. Food looked like it was probably good. I fuck with it. 
<laughs> All right. Our resident ATL and Banks, <laughs> who've been to restaurants like this, I'm sure. Probably Sugar House in Atlanta. Who knows? But what, what, what do you think about this, man? Well, this place was in, in Dallas. I know. Atlanta. I know. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I actually spoke to one of my Dallas friends, and uh, she commented. She she tried to shade him because she was like, she went. He, his restaurant just opened in September. And, you know, obviously you just opened and she was saying like, oh, the unlimited drinks they had took too long and the food, blah, blah, blah. So I wouldn't go back to his his restaurant anyway. I'm like, why are you being so hard on the guy? He just started the restaurant, started from scratch. He funded the restaurant and you're getting mad because he made a comment about twerking. And, you know, obviously other restaurants like Houston saying like, oh, you can come to our establishment and. Then they showed a video, a video of um, a restaurant in Mississippi where everybody was stripping. I mean, stripping, not stripping, uh, twerking. And but I, but to Mr. Kelly's defense, the the guy who owns the restaurant, um, when you look at the video, there's a, there's like a couple of comments of people who was actually there, where they're saying that um, he initially spoke to the girls. And said, listen, please stop. Don't twerk, blah, blah, blah. And they didn't stop. And that's when he decided to give the speech. And that's when somebody recorded that and saying, like, you know, this is my, I put my hard work, my hard work, sweat, tears. This is, this is my restaurant. I want it to be a classy place for black people. And I don't want you, like, there's no need for twerking. And I see some. I seen some women put up comments like, "Well, you need to address your DJ. Your DJ shouldn't be playing that type of music." Which, okay, I get that. That's that's one point. And wait, at the end of the day, hmm? so if a certain song come on, you just gotta shake ass. That's just how that makes it. <laughs> I said I get it, but I don't agree with it. This is the thing, like. It's because what that whole setting, he does a brunch on Saturdays, right? And there's like unlimited drinks, like do say lemonades and like mimosas and all that. So it, it's a brunch setting, but at the, at the, also it's, he's also still trying to uh, have some sort of uh, classy feel, like, you know, have like a really nice, he want, he's basically what he wants to do, he wants to have like a nice place setting for, black people to sit and feel comfortable at and even though he does the brunch even though he has the dj even though he i i guess to some people's defense he set the tone or vibe or whatever still if this was um i don't know uh if this was like the pol the ralph lauren restaurant the polo club in new york and let's just say they played this type of music I don't think they would do that at that type of restaurant. I think Ratchets is going to ratchet anyway. Right. But a lot of people, but I, even with certain Ratchets, I feel like they, they do have some, I feel like they have a conscience to how they're viewed. And I feel like in certain places, they know not to do that. Right. And I feel like what Mr. Kelly was saying was, listen, I'm trying to have a classy restaurant. I'm trying to I'm trying to establish, you know, proper morals and views for my sons who work in this restaurant and, and, and how women are viewed 
and how they're subjectified and all that. And I don't want that type of image, which is fair. You know, it's his restaurant, it's his rules, it's his vision. Um, but I just don't like the fact that how some people are just trying to clown him for implementing his vision and his ideas. And like there is even some who are saying like, oh, you should have just kicked him out. Why would he just kick them out? He wanted to give them a chance. Like, listen, like this is my restaurant. I don't want you to do this. This is what, this is what, these are the type of rules that I, I established for this, my particular place. If you don't want to follow them, then go. But you know, that whole point, like, oh, just kick them out. Like that's, that's defeating the purpose. Like he needs to, I feel like what he did um, was right. You know, he got upset. Okay. He lost control. He's human. But at the end of the day, he, he worked hard for this restaurant. He wants something nice for his people. Like, respect it. Josh, your thoughts. And you want to read, I'm just going to read close statement, but your thoughts on the whole thing. Absolutely. Let me read these comments here. Thank you, everyone, for commenting as well. Claude just says, an opinion that has been stated is that he set the scene for ratchetness. However, they should have not been twerking on the glass for liability reasons, right? Especially after he asked them to stop. And Miss Diana Williams says he was out of pocket. His announcement was disrespectful. Cursing is mad, unprofessional. And I just would respectfully say he essentially was saying twerking in his restaurant was disrespectful to the establishment. And by my math, he went over three times in a very calm and pleasant way to request to his patrons to please, we appreciate your having a great time, but perhaps, you know, maybe let's save that for all the other places he named. So he gave publicity to other restaurants, right? right? And speaking as a son of an attorney, the owner is an attorney. So he was thinking about, as Chloe alluded to, liability. So at the end of the day, if you're creating a liability and you know that one instance can shut this place down and he opened it up in the middle of a pandemic, as a black man in Dallas, Texas, for around seven figures, I want to say. So this is a massive risk. So anything like that, the detriment. So to me, you just see the differences between queens and princesses, personally. He also owns the building, too, as well, besides having a... Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I concur with all you guys uh, on the situation. I, I feel like that... Uh, to Diana, like I like like Josh said, he came over three times. The first two times was very very calm, and I think they kind of took. Well, at, at one point, I don't know if they thought he was the owner or not, because later on you see they asked for the management. He's like, I'm the owner and the building owner, so I feel like they didn't respect his coming over the first two times because they thought he wasn't the actual owner. Is what what it seems like to me. Um, as far as him setting the scene, I mean, he had a DJ plan. He don't control the whole playlist, I guess. So I don't know if he necessarily set the scene. However, my whole thing is when you're on the furniture and whatnot, that's where I think what ticked him off. One, for liability. Two, is his damn furniture. So if it breaks, you got to replace it. You're not replacing it. So let's not forget about that aspect of it all. And three, who stands up on the furniture during brunch? <laughs> like, that, like, that's ridiculous to me. Again, Josh, queens and processes. Uh -huh. Yeah, Absolutely. And apparently I learned this from Claude Diz. Apparently at these brunches, they get like this. I had no idea. I don't I don't attend brunches like this because that's not the energy I'm looking for. But now that I know his restaurant doesn't have that, I'll probably be going there, which is fantastic. Yo, the brunches do turn up and people do dance, but it doesn't dance necessarily. The 
Like, well, I mean, sometimes some spots they turn up, but I'll yeah, answer that, Mike. Like, it wasn't like they were dancing <laughs> together. You know what I mean? It wasn't like everybody was dancing together. It wasn't that Correct. type of thing. And at the end of the day, you know, like we circle back to how we were talking about Kevin Hart. People may not like what you say. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, nobody has to like it. It's his building. It's his restaurant. If he say, get the F out, you don't have to like it. Like, these are my rules. You don't like it. Beat it. People like well, it or don't like it. It is what it is. Well, Josh, you read her statement, then I respond to it. I don't want to. Absolutely. So, Claudia says, I wish he didn't use that language to ask him to leave. It made him look bad. Should have maintained professionalism at all times, regardless of who he is, is addressing his emotional state. And that's completely fair. And before you get into it, Mike, I'm just saying that. He did use the right language before. Unfortunately, they didn't respond to it. And they don't mention that either. They do not mention the fact he asked them beforehand. Not once. Tw I think it was twice or three times. Like, Correct. don't, like, don't, like, please don't do this in a calm manner. And they didn't listen. <laughs> and they, no one mentioned that. Like, everyone's like, oh, why he just initially didn't? No, he didn't initially do that. He asked right. them. They did. They declined. And that's, I mean, and he apologized. He apologized for his choice of words. He like, and that's, he, like you and saw. that's my point. He's a human being. If you go to somebody three times and ask them very politely to stop saying they don't stop, we're all right. human beings. Whether you're an owner of a restaurant or whatever you do, they're going to eventually say, yo, this is my place. You're on my furniture once again, and I need you to get off. And you're not listening to what I'm saying. And at the same time, uh, you know, like like KG said, it wasn't like the whole place became a house party. It was some chicks that were twerking on the table, but with other people who were still just eating their food, you know, just enjoying what they wanted to do. So, again, that, that was a choice. To, so to say he set the scene, it still was a choice at the end of the day. And then I saw the one that we said in the chat. I guess it was in Atlanta. I'm not sure. But they had little kids there, and the girls were all twerking all crazy. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So, again... It's about uh, queens and princesses. And then the other thing, they, um, you know, he talked about how he's trying to show black men how to be respectful as well and stuff like that. So how can he say that when you're in here on a glass table twerking? And when you watch, and Banks, you should know this, when you watch all these videos, if there's men there, they're videotaping the girls twerking to show their friends later on and stuff like that. So how do you complain about being disrespected when you're giving people material to then disrespect you. You're basically giving them a show to go show people. So I don't understand that, you know, and that uh, uh, in that regard. And one more thing, this whole thing, because when I read uh, some of the comments about like twerking is um, it's only sexual, if you make it sexual, get the hell out of here with that for me, okay? <laughs> the twerking, I don't, I don't want to call it quote unquote dancing, Fuck out of here. Twerking is sexual as hell because ain't no guy standing up recording a girl doing a duggy or some shit. That's my thoughts. It's also misogynistic for men to say that a woman is less than because she chooses to express. <sighs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I missed the first comment she had. But. Oh, yeah. And Diana says how he is doing it for the people when cursing and carrying on. Change the music. They sit down or ask them to leave. Well, again, my, my question is, how many chances would they get at a white establishment? It was just the earlier point made. 
right? Or would you even take the opportunity to do that at a white establishment? And then someone comes over and politely asks you to stop and then you do it again. Or another section saw one table get, let's say, uh, requested that they stop and then another table decide to do it. So yeah, that to- goes back to the KG comment, right? Which is a change the music after the lead. You gotta, you gotta shake your ass, right, KG? Just because you're playing the song, like, I, I mean, where, I mean, where's the accountability here? Like, you, you just can't control yourself. You, no matter what song comes on, you, you have to dance and do that. That could be the, the pregame to go out after if you're trying to do that. It's not there. That's all. And my thing with the whole like twerking and all that, like, you know, no, I, I like fun day parties. I like parties where you can stand on couches and you know, get bottles of champagne and live crazy, right? I've been to places like that. You've seen it. <laughs> but there's also places where, you know, it's not that's not the scene. You know, you go there for the food, you go there for the drinks, you know, you go there for the atmosphere. And it seems like from what Mr. Kelly presents and judging from the website and judging from what he how he describes his place and what it looks like, it doesn't seem like that's the place you do that at. Like I feel like that's just maybe the um, the place where you just go to get the good food and then you go to the other brunch place where the food might not be as good, but they got a good DJ, The it's a party vibe, you know, it's, it's maybe it's not as nice, but that's where you can just, you know, do what you want to do and express yourself. And I get that. Like, there's places where I've been, there's restaurants I've been, like in the city where I'll go and it's a nice establishment. I'm not going to act out wild out and like do this. I'm going to eat, eat the food. And then we're going to go somewhere else where I can do that and, you know, have fun. And I think that's, that's fair. But with what Mr. Kelly wants to present and what he wants to be an example of that whole party thing, I don't think that's what he wants to do. I think, you know, maybe he just wants, wants to unwind a little bit on the weekend because it's the weekend you know, have some music, play some hits that, you know, people of his culture listens to. But as far as, like, the extraness, I don't think he appreciates that, especially with how his, with his tone, how he carries himself, and what he believes in. Um, I think it's fair to not want to have that type of image because, once again, he is just trying to have and uphold a particular image to the community and just to show that this is a classy establishment. I don't have no ruckus. I don't do no extraness. I have great food. I have drinks. My, 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 my venue is clean. It's nice. Um, I have different venue options. I have music here and there, but this is the image I want. I want to have, I want to give that luxurious aspect to fine dining which you don't see in black restaurants as much because either because they don't have the funding or they don't have uh, the venue or size to do that. And that's, that's a whole thing. That's a scarcity. Like, so I get what he's saying. Cause there's really, if you look at it, there's really not too many places out there when it comes to being black owned completely that offer that type of experience. It's either somebody who is from a different race that's posing to be as if they're, you know, uh, as if they're being, as as if they're they're catering towards black culture or they hire somebody to make it look like 
that's what they're initially doing. So with what Mr. Kelly is doing, I get it completely. Um, I do understand he did lose his cool, but he did apologize. Once again, he is a human being. And looking at the circumstances, I mean, you can't really necessarily blame him, not condoning it, but you can't blame him for it. Um, but, you know, I just don't like how people are trying to condemn him or even trying to cancel him for just trying to have a good experience for his people. That's all he wants, a good experience. Like, just take the twerking down Bro, the street. he told TMZ that his kid, his, his mom comes in on some of those brunch days, whatever like that. Right, like, and then TMZ... And TMZ try to make it try to make him look bad when he says like, "Oh, so you're looking down on twerking?" They did. Like, I saw what they were doing. They're baiting him. To put it on a comparison, right? If you go to a restaurant and they're playing slow music, they're playing love making music. Should you have sex in the right. restaurant? At the end of the day, what we're talking about is going out as an adult and behaving responsibly for yourself as an adult. If you're dancing and they say, hey, please don't do that in here. If they're playing slow music, you had drinks, you with your lady, you start making out where they're like, hey, look, you know, there's a time and a place. Please don't do that here. Respectfully, don't do it. Like, it, it's not about the person who's playing the music. It's not about the DJ. It's not, hey, this guy made a dope restaurant and set the vibe for brunch. At brunch, we shake ass. Look, like, at the end of the day, like, why is – we're talking about accountability. I think yes. that there was a comment Diana Williams said that why do is is it she said it's misogynistic for men to say that a woman is less than we never commented on whether she's more or less valuable or more or less of a good person uh, we never commented about that we were talking about being accountable and being respectful in a certain environment in addition to that um, because she chooses to express themselves however. Dancing is a form of expression. I guess that's what she's implying. But if you are acting inappropriate, regardless of whether it's a black restaurant, a white restaurant, whether you're in public, you're in private, if you come to my house, I'm saying, look, hey, you know what I mean? Like, my kids are here. Don't do that. Don't curse or don't say this or don't worry. Like, we had a family reunion. You come there with a DV on, like, you can dress how you want. You're an adult. We're not saying you're less than or more than. What we're saying is there's a time and a place for it. accountability needs to be accepted. Case in point. That's it. That's it. There's nothing more to it. Mr. Kelly's not wrong. He said, hey, I'm sorry that for, for losing my temper. I curse. We mentioned several times, hey, they asked him to leave or they asked him to sit down. They asked him to stop. That's it, man. Like, this is not about being misogynistic. This is not white establishment versus black establishment. This is about being responsible and accountable as an individual, not a man versus a woman. Would you have, would you have all, would you all have this same energy if the owner was a white man, since we are comparing it to white establishments? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know if that would even happen at, uh, the likelihood of that happening at an all-white establishment, I just don't really... I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen, but the likelihood of that happening in comparison to a white and black establishment, I don't I don't know if that's, like, really a thing. But why does it like, even matter? Yeah. Like, we talk... Just, it doesn't really matter, yeah. I mean, if, if a white owner... establishment that you're in, and that's it. Correct. If, I mean, I it. It, 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 They turn up. Bro. Day parties turn up. It's lit. It's cool. That's cool. Have a good time. Be like, hey, don't stand on the couches. Do you be like, hey, well, 
music is loud, so I'm gonna stand on the couch. Like that's not what it is. So I don't have a problem with dancing, like I said in the beginning. I don't got a problem with shaking ass. Shake ass. What's wrong with that? There's a time and a place for it. And I don't understand how we missed the point with that. I don't think there's anything misogynistic. I don't think this is white or black. I don't think this is men versus women. I don't think that any men on this panel says anything judgmental or negative about women as a whole. No. And um, I, I think it, I think I that, uh, that. now nah, Josh and I said that. And I, I, I'm not judging them because of the twerking. I'm judging them more because he asked them several times not to twerk, and they still did it. And because, let's get past the twerking. They're standing up on the tables, but we cannot get past that part that they're shaking right. their ass on his furniture that he spends hard money for. Right. One, the liability right. aspect. Two, they could break his furniture. Why? How are we trying to get past that part? And I'm with KG. Uh, you can't blame the DJ because of your action. When Close says, why not do that? Why does he have to tell my DJ, hey, play something else, bro? When I already asked the girl several times to leave, that should have been a fusing situation. Why I got to go around them to to change it? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, why hasn't any of the ladies commented and said, no, you're right. There's a time and a place. Like, why is that difficult? Because someone holding you accountable is not the same as someone judging you. And apparently... Josh. You know. Can you bring up his um his IG? What does it say on his Saturday? Does it say brunch or does it say day party? It's had it up a few minutes. Uh, hold on. I'll I just want to point. I want to point out something. If it's a party or a brunch, if it's a strip club and you go to a strip club and one of the strippers feeling the vibe and they decide to go topless, be like, yo, you can't be topless in here. It's just the rules. It's. it's, it's, it's I think it's towards the middle. I know it's like towards the top or middle um, where he promotes it. Brunch. Saturday. It says brunch, right? Yeah, brunch. Yeah. Brunch, DJ, and that's it, right? That's it. Right. So it, it, my thing is this it doesn't even, he doesn't even promote it as being a day party. It's just a brunch with drinks and a D and a DJ. It, in the way the restaurant is set up, it's not even set up to be a day party venue where, you know, there's some restaurants, they turn into a supper club where, you know, the first part is food and then they rearrange the seating to where you can kind of dance or move around. This is a sit down restaurant. <laughs> and like if, I, if I'm walking in there, I'm going to in my head, I'm like, OK, this place is about to be whack because they're not going to do nothing. They're The owner's probably going to OD. I'm just gonna eat, um, you know, get some good food, get some drinks, you know, take some pictures for Yelp, and then go to the place down the street and turn up there, because that's what I get from looking at his establishment. I'm not gonna turn up and act up because I'm gonna feel out of place. At least to me, I am. <laughs> and any it the the flyer itself tells you it's just a brunch. It's not a day party. Yeah, and, and Chloe, he didn't curse them out. He, he gave a very profound speech about what he's trying to do for his restaurant and then said, if you don't like it, you can get the F out. And so yeah, if he asked them, <laughs> right, so if he asked them three times nicely and they like forget you, now he's supposed to say, all right, Wayne, listen to me, I'm the whole owner. Let me go to the DJ and maybe that'll work. No, I'm the owner. At this point, I'm upset. So it's time for him to get out at this point. Whatever. That's crazy. I got to go yeah. around them because... 
uh, they won't listen to me. That's, that's crazy to me. So. Absolutely. So it's actually a, a topic that we'll discuss in a couple of minutes is if, you know, black women respect black men. So that's something we could talk about in the dating scene. And she says, I agree that there's a time and place. He sets the parameter. So what is allowed at his establishment? After several times of corrected someone, I'm ready to discuss what as well, because we're all human beings. As we as we say, he has a lot on the line here. He don't have time for the nonsense. That's simple. Right. So those are my thoughts on it. But we can move on forward. Now. We can it, all. it is exciting. Yeah, make sure we'll come to that one. <laughs> I mean, it's been all over everywhere for the last three or four days. So when we had to definitely the talk comments, about it. The comments, man. Uh, the comments. The comments are, are crazy. And listen, man, like you said, Banks, real quick, the way they present the restaurant, if I went there, especially if I was out of town, I would have a, you know, a nice restaurant. Then I look up and see a girl on the table twerking. I'm like, what the hell? So it's gonna throw me off too at that point. Yeah. So I understand what's going on. So um that'd be weird. But anyway, moving on, kind of a segue into dating and relationship. And um we're gonna get into this topic right now. So uh I, I watched your boy, a lot of your boy, Josh, uh Kevin Samuels. Shout out to Claude Diggs for putting me on to Kevin Samuels. And uh one of the videos he had was a woman. With uh, with, with two kids, and he put you. Know, uh, she still thinks she's the prize. So my question I had for the panel was, as a woman with kids, automatically uh, less valuable than a woman, you know, without kids and whatnot. So, so KG, our dating expert, let, let's start with you. So, you, you, to be clear, um, um. Your question is a woman is a woman who has kids less valuable than a woman who doesn't? Right. So in his I just go to back up. So in his thing where she was saying, I'm having trouble finding a husband, I have a good career, um, whatever, a good mom, I'm good to third. And she was saying, Why? He was saying because you have two kids. That was like his whole answer. Because you are you're already less valuable because at a certain uh you're already less because now you're 30, but also you're 30 with two kids. So the guy automatically thinking i gotta be a stepdad or take on this responsibility so is that an automatic thought uh or do you think about the woman and her overall rather just you know part about she having the kids i guess is the question all right so <clears throat> there's a few things we got to be aware of just in the question in itself right um as far as like assigning value to the woman um like to do that generically, I feel like it doesn't really make sense, right? To say, hey, uh -huh. as a as a group of four guys here would say that woman is only worth value of X. That doesn't really make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like that question, in my opinion. Now, as an individual, if you are interested in somebody, you will find if they are more suitable for you, like, hey, for what however you project it, if it's me, let's say for example, I say, hey, I meet somebody. Uh, you get to know them or you understand their situation and you say, hey, right away, just so that we're clear, if they have two kids, you cannot ignore that. Like, especially if it's somebody that you're interested in or somebody that you see a future with, you have to consider those kids. You have to consider you being a part of their life in some capacity, period. That's the honest truth. If it's something legitimate. Right. So what I'm saying, what I'm getting at is try to make it quick, is that if you see somebody and you're interested in. 
you as an individual, me as an individual will say, hey, is this person worth me going further given what I already know, right? As individual to individual to say, hey, this is her SMB because she has this, this, and the third. I feel like it's one perspective because it's a topic of conversation and generically you can discuss it, right? Cool. But at the same time, it um, it's a bit <laughs> short-sighted. Short-sighted is really what I want to say, right? Because right. Um, when you say value, like what you find value in one woman, I may find as a different value in banks and, and Josh may see differently. You know what I'm saying? So to get together in a group and say she's worth a four, like, you know what I mean? It don't really make sense. So, um, no, I don't feel like, uh, you know, like her value is less because she has kids. However, that does speak to her baggage. Everybody has baggage, right? Everybody has some shit with them. So it speaks to her baggage in that regard. Now she would have to find somebody that that is suitable for somebody that can accommodate that. And when she's dating somebody, she needs to make sure that she finds somebody who has the understanding and wherewithal to be able to handle a situation like that responsibly. So I think it's a give and a take. So the same woman that has two kids needs to find somebody that can be suitable for her family because her kids should be priority and vice versa. That makes sense to me. So if we're talking about an SMV. In comparison as a whole, we're talking about generically, yeah, but I think the tone of the conversation is not as serious as when we're talking about individual to individual, if that makes sense. Okay, makes sense to me. Uh, Banks, your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, I completely agree with KG. And um, my only thing, my thing is, I think it really depends on the person, on, you know, what what they like and what they don't like. But as far as the value, I don't think it, just because somebody has uh, a child, I don't think it takes any value away from you. Now, let's say you have a child or you have multiple baby fathers or maybe mothers or whatever, and the way you raise your children, okay, then that can add on to the conversation on the sense of value of how you value your offspring and how you value the choices you make when it comes to making <laughs> the offspring. Um, but as far as just, you know, taking all that context out and just somebody who just happened to have a kid, regardless of uh, if the situation went bad or good or whatever, uh, if that person is suitable and responsible enough to take care and take care of that, that child and themselves, I don't think it takes less of less or any value away from them just because they happen to be in that situation. But if we, you know, take it to the next step, it's just how they handle that situation should dictate uh, the value of that person. Yeah. Um, so, so, and to Chi and Chloe, I see they're going back and forth. So when Kevin was talking, not, not you, KG, but Kevin Samuels, he was telling a woman, you know, you're 30 with two kids. And so why would I choose you over the 25-year-old with no kids, right? So that's what he started assign assigning the value to her in that particular way. And, that, and again, I didn't agree with any of this, but that's what he was saying. So um, 
So, so Josh, what, what are your thoughts on, on all this stuff? <laughs> I see what you did there, Miguel. Okay, all right. I mean, I, so, I watched because you guys said it to me. So let me watch a lot of his videos, see what it's talking about. Here. But yes, everyone is correct, right? Value is based upon preferences. They're subjective, as they should be. Our preferences should have everything to do with us and nothing to do with anyone else except the person that you choose, right? It's a choice. It's a decision. So in terms of picking a significant other, one perspective, as Banks laid out, your decision making in terms of creating a child or having unprotected sex to the point where you're having a child is not positive decision making. And again, we as we talked about with the Dallas owner, Brother Kelly, we're human. We make mistakes. It happens. However, if we were just to do a random poll of people who are single without kids, they probably want someone who is single without kids, right? It's a it's a prerequisite. Just like for some ladies, they would want a guy who graduated college. Some ladies might want a gentleman who's above six feet. We all have these parameters and essentially the value system is just the desirability scale. And if we're being completely transparent, desirability scale is usually going to be higher for someone who doesn't have kids, especially if you're a lady, right? Especially if, you know, the man also doesn't have kids either. So that's, he's, he's seeking, you know, value as close said, access to options, your access to options is higher because of that value in the marketplace In the dating marketplace, people without children are more valuable for, for the majority of the marketplace. The similar way, like some people like Adidas, some people like Nike, like there's plenty of people in the market to consume, but some people want Nike, but perhaps more people want more Nike than Adidas and vice versa, depending on your perspective. Any response to that, KJ? I mean, <clears throat> I'm pretty much agree with what I said. Like, you know, in general, you, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to say, hey, you want somebody with kids or without, like, Generally, like, hey, well, that's one less thing to worry about if they don't have kids. It is what it is. But my point is, is that when you look at value, value is different. Right. So in general, like, hey, she's more valuable because she doesn't have kids. But, yeah, she could be twerking at that club in Dallas and she 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 can't understand how to be respectful in certain areas. She doesn't, she didn't mature to be able to put the whole thing together. Whereas this woman, she has a kid or she has two kids. She was married. She's divorced. She's a lawyer. She's this, she's this, she's that. If you compare the two, this one's 31, this one's 25, which would you choose? You follow what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, in a general sense, like if you back away, you take away names, you take away like a whole lot of things in, in a generic sense, like, yeah, you choose less issues but that doesn't make that woman more valuable automatically that's my argument i i i concur with banks and 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 uh and uh and kg on the whole situation uh preference is important i'll read this claude said preference is important but it doesn't dictate access to options Absolutely. Uh, and that's, you know, if we look at the dating market, there's a lot of women who want a certain type of man, but not every woman is capable of getting that man. That's just the react. That's just the reality. And it's not being disrespectful. The truth would be the truth, as KG said, regardless of who or not, regardless of the facts, these would still be the facts, regardless of who it applies to, it would still apply. And that's just the reality. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess like KG said too, if you look at the overall scale, or, or like Josh said, if you took a poll, right? I guess figure. I guess the numbers would maybe lean to the woman without kids. But when you look about building these individual relationships and stuff like that, then you know you can find a lot of value in a woman whether she has kids or not by some other aspects of her. Um, you know, uh, which KG alluded to. No matter what she does, but I think yeah, preference is the the key. And Chloe did said, I'll read again. She prefers men who are over six four, but less than five percent of the po entire population. Thus, options are few. So, um, absolutely, that dating math because there's more options of men of value, and men of value want women of value. That's simple. However, that value is dictated, but it fits a certain type of parameters naturally to each man individually, and it, it all seems to have a certain characteristic. Some of which may not be twerking at a classy establishment Perhaps. so so you so so when kevin talks to this lady kevin samuels once again you feel like he wasn't lying to her when he tells her that she's less valuable because she has two kids already josh i guess not at all especially for the type of man that she wants because on kevin samuels show and shout out to him wonderful black content creator he specializes in as a consultant in terms of being an image consultant, but mm -hmm. also he, he, he aligns people who have high value. So if you're a woman and you want a high value man, you need these type of qualities. If you don't have those type of qualities, it doesn't matter how good the Punani is, how great you can twerk. If you don't have X, Y, and Z, it doesn't matter. All you, the most you're going to be is a booty call. And uh, apparently some single mothers might have an issue with that, but that's the reality. Like for me, I can't look at you seriously if you have that going on, but we can date short term, but I'm never going to meet your kids out of respect. So let, let's do this right now. In a general sense, it's hard to argue with, but we all know people who let's say you uh, uh, let's say you take a high value dude. He's got what a woman who's been in this situation. She has a kid. She's not 24. And he saw a different value in her because they connected differently. And that's what he was aligned with. Right. Could have somebody without a kid, could have got somebody younger, but it boils down to preferences. Right. So I know uh, Close said that preference is important, but it doesn't dictate access. This is true. But your preferences help you to decide who you decide to deal with based on the access that you have. You may say, hey, I only want high value men. You may be a high value woman, but you don't have access to that. So you're either going to be single or you're going to settle or you're going to move. <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, when we look at value, like it, it, it it's, it's almost like flaky sometimes because it so much depends. So in a sense, we're talking about it in such a hypothetical, hypothetical perspective that even mentioning it, you know, what I mean, it kind of seems a little bit irresponsible if you look at it from somebody else's lens. But we're just talking the shit because it doesn't matter. We're just talking about the ifs and the buts. But people's emotions are attached to our words. There are words in our perspective about a generic situation. If you get caught up in that, that is entirely your choice. But so what? Like, and that goes back to what we talked about, Kevin Hart. People don't want to hear stuff that may or may not be true. This part is true. In general, but it's not specific and it's not it's not permanent. 
Yeah, I, I actually concur with that. Uh, it's a good topic, though, but let's let's move on forward. And I think we have a video for this that Josh had uh, sent to us about uh, <laughs> what it takes to keep a man, I guess, is how I kind of framed it. But she'll talk on the video. So you got that, Josh? I, guess. I thought that was a TI video. What video is that? Nah, it was one uh, you sent with the girl on uh, in her car talking about it. Oh, yeah, I played that one. There we go. Yeah. Not about the tip video. But go ahead, Mike. I don't really remember what she talked about. So uh, <laughs> 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 it's like five minutes. I don't know what she talked about. Oh, here we go. All right. You want to read a closed comment in the meantime? I don't see it. So where is yeah, put it up. You know. Women who be like, don't depend on a man for nothing. And it said, no, sis, you don't depend on your man. My man come through. And so many women, especially black women, were bothered and felt the need to DM me in regards to them feeling like you wrong if you depend on a man for anything. But that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to depend on the person that you were in a relationship with. Imagine giving yourself physically to someone, but you can't depend on them. Now, I'd like it better if someone said, I can't depend on my dude, but to say I can't depend on any dude is insane to me. Because your dude's not doing what he's supposed to do for you. You shouldn't even be with somebody that you can't depend on. You shouldn't even be in a relationship with somebody you can't depend on. You shouldn't be entertaining a man that you can't depend on. Now, it's not saying that you can't do for yourself. It's not saying you shouldn't be able to take care of yourself. It's saying that you should also be able to depend on that man. You know how backwards that is? I'm going to sleep with you every night, but I ain't going to ask you, but, I, but I'm not going, you know... I'm not going to depend on you for anything. That's great. If you're in a full committed relationship, uh, uh, an engagement or a marriage, a long-term relationship, you should be able to depend on your spouse. And the idea that you think you shouldn't have to because you could do it yourself. Nobody never said you can't do it yourself. But the fact that you would let someone be inside of your body that you can't depend on is insane to me. All right, Big Mike. Okay. Uh, well, I'll let you talk on what you see. So, KG, what's your thoughts on that whole thing we see? It? I think that that is the same premise based on what we were talking about. Women get offended when I. I bet. Go ahead. Not good. So, it's the same premise that we talked about when we we're talking about value. Like, in a general sense, you can say whatever you want, but the reality of it can be very, very different. At the end of the day, she made a really good point. Like, you can't depend on you. You're speaking from your experience. Talk about your experience. You can't say that you can't depend on anybody or you should never depend on anybody. How can you say that? So a lot of women have bad experiences. A lot of men have only been around women who are the type to twerk in a club that they shouldn't be doing that in. That doesn't mean all women are like that. And it doesn't mean that all men you can't count on. 
I think that that's her point. And it's just about being accountable and responsible for the things that you say and you do. It's real spill. Like, it's pretty basic. But I guess if you have three friends and you and your three friends all have similar situations, then in your mind, this is how all men are. Or if they're or if they're men, then they say, this is how all women are. They all just this and not worth this and the third. It's ridiculous, man. You got to, like, grow outside of your surroundings. Read, pick up a book, man. Like, stop just getting your information from TMZ. Like, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we have to become more responsible to ourselves as individuals to grow and do better. Think outside of what you see. Go do other things. And I think that's basically what she's saying. Of course, you, yeah, you're supposed to be able to depend on your partner. A man should be able to depend on his woman, and a woman should be able to depend on her man. Duh. Like, how toxic are the relationships that you see? Try something else. There are good black men out there. There are good black women out there. And a lot of times they find each other. It's not just what you see, man. If you're only seeing that, try to look at something else. Thanks. Your thoughts on that video when you, when you see it? She made perfect sense, um, especially in regards to uh, how could you let somebody enter your body and not be able to have anything in you to depend on that person. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And um, I think a lot of people get caught up with these hashtags and social media and what could go wrong or past experiences. Um, I think it, it in a way takes away from that particular, the obvious, but you, you need to de- be able to depend on that particular person that you choose to be with in order for anything to work, regardless if it's an intimate relationship or a friendship, you have to have some sort of dependability in that person in order to have any sort of longevity, you know? So I'm going I'm to I'm stop this here, but actually, uh, Josh and I found the correct video that's supposed to be next. Those are good perspectives, gentlemen. But Josh, can you go ahead and play this one? No self. How you gonna know a nigga? How you gonna know what you want? A lot of y'all don't even understand what it takes to be in a monogamous relationship. Like y'all don't even understand. Y'all be wanting to lock a nigga in so bad, you don't really understand what it actually takes to be in a relationship where you're asking another person to solely focus on you for their intimacy, to solely focus on you for their companionship, to solely focus on you for a partnership in finances and in life and in bill paying and in goal setting. Like you ain't even whole enough to be a nigga everything. And when I be saying that, y'all bitches get on, on my videos and y'all get offended. Like I'm always taking up for the niggas. I'm always, but women be the main ones pushing for monogamy. And then when a bitch get in a relationship, you don't understand by asking this man to not fuck nobody else, by asking this man to not call nobody else, by asking this man to not look at another woman for none of his wants and needs as far as male to female, you are then saying, I'm going to be whatever you need me to be, nigga, because I don't want, but y'all don't understand that. Y'all just think that's how it's supposed to be because that's what the, the media and the movies and your mammy and them taught you. That, like, that's what y'all think. Y'all, y'all, like, truth be told, if you really, if up front, a bitch told you, these are all the things you're going to have to do, girl, in order to lock this nigga in like you want to, half of y'all wouldn't even want the nigga after that. 
but you never sit down to actually really consider what does it take to be fucking Ray Ray's girlfriend? What does it take to be Michael's wife? Like what type of demons do this nigga really got? What type of sex drive do he really got if he left every other bitch alone and only fucks with me? What type of things will he want out of me? Y'all be one a nigga that's, a, that's rich and a freak and got a great personality, but it's low-key. Don't talk to nobody, but it's a people person. But it's like, y'all want all this shit. And girl, if you actually had to entertain that nigga nonstop by yourself, bitch, you be a circus monkey. The way you <laughs> fuck dick on Tuesday, swing from the ceiling fan on Thursday, be a fucking stripper on Friday because the nigga like pole dancing on the weekends. Like the way you'd have to cook on Sunday, turn around on Monday and like, like y'all don't even know the half. And y'all be so quick to want a nigga to just lock in on you. Do you even have enough going on for you to be a person everything? Y'all don't even be, y'all be on some of these one-on-ones. Y'all don't even really be knowing these niggas to want to be locked in 100%. Then when y'all get in the relationship, you want to feel some type of way because the nigga is requiring odd things of you. Bitch, you should have before you was running around here hollering leave them other hoes alone you supposed to be with me stop texting her stop y'all don't be knowing the half when i say stuff like this y'all get real offended but this is nothing but cold hard facts that your mammy didn't teach you the shit is very deep y'all be wanting monogamy and shit you want you want to be a person so focused that's what y'all be wanting like tell the truth y'all be y'all want these niggas to only worry about y'all. But do you have enough to even interest the nigga that long? Half y'all don't even have nothing going on but the nigga. That's it. Outside of being John John baby mama and, and you work at the motherfucking uh, hospital down there as a, as a nurse, you ain't got nothing else outside of that. It's nothing else going on. Nothing. Nothing. You don't got no great goals, no great aspirations. You don't got a lot of data to teach a nigga. You don't go self-educating your spare time because you're so busy trying to make sure the nigga stay focused on you. But it, that's like a bitch trying to make you watch a movie that it ain't even that interesting. Just turn it on and look at it. Bitch looking off. Look at the movie. Bitch, looking bitch, this shit is boring. It's nothing going on. It ain't helping a nigga get a bag. It don't really satisfy my sex drive like that all the way around. It's not doing nothing for me and my children. Why do I got to keep looking at this? Y'all never consider this shit. This is why I be preaching work on self. This is why I be saying, go work on you. So then you don't have to demand a bitch's attention. You don't have to demand that a nigga pay you some mind. You don't have to demand that a dude like uh, uh, uphold these responsibilities in a monogamous relationship. He will do it because the movie is interesting. Because the bitch match what he wants. This be too deep for y'all. Y'all don't never want to have conversations like this. When I be talking to y'all on one-on-ones, all y'all be trying to figure out is like how to make a nigga do what y'all want them to do. You never actually consider that you probably, it's not enough. And I don't mean that in a way like belittling you. I mean that just being straight the fuck up. And the reason why I can think like this, because listen, I'm somebody, I spent a long time working on myself. Like a long time fixing a lot of fucked up ways of thinking, understanding that perception doesn't mean I'm right, meaning that something from my viewpoint doesn't make me right. It could be real to me on how I viewed it, but it doesn't make the other person like it took me a long time to get my shit together, to be willing to admit when I'm wrong, to be able to stand in front of a man, a male figure and say, you know what? 
I was wrong about that. I was running my mouth or over talking you and I didn't know what I was. It took me a long time to get like that. Now that I'm like that, now that I have my family situation organized and I can co-parent great and I understand that it's my job to take care of my responsibilities and pay for my my vanity needs and you know cover my necessities and I understand life in the way that this country is ran and that it's not where another person supposed to come in and cover your now that I understand all of this a nigga can't just bring me in a situation and just try to make me be monogamous with them unless he got enough going on to keep my attention. When I realize love, there are levels to you. There are depths to you. Like your personality, like listen, when I really got in tune with me, some things came out of me sexually that I, I never knew. Like I got a different type of sex drive. I got a different type of, of want and need when it comes to conversation. Like I don't just, you got to have more than dick and money if you come in and sit at the table with me. So just like I would tell some of y'all females, a nigga can't come sit around me and keep talking about locking me in and you don't got nothing going on. I got major goals. If you don't got no major goals, I can't align with you. Like I cover my responsibilities. I don't come with drama. If you don't cover your responsibilities and you come with drama, you can't sit at the table with me. Don't mean I'm better than you, but I worked hard. It's going to take a lot. You got to have your shit together to have my attention fully talking about locking in with you. The problem is y'all ain't went and got to know self. Like y'all ain't went and bust your own self open. Y'all ready to bust a nigga open and try to figure out, you know, how to keep this nigga, how to fuck him good. Or figure out how to fuck yourself good. How to stimulate your mind. What you really do like. What you really, and then go look for a partner to match that. Y'all don't understand. And see, people who don't get this, y'all take it like people like me act like we better know. I require a lot because I come with a lot. I require certain standards because I hold myself to a certain standard. I done talked to niggas before in the past. They be like, damn, you, you ain't gonna invite a nigga over. You ain't gonna let you around my kid. No self. How you gonna know a nigga? That's, uh, that's what happens when ladies hold other ladies accountable. It's a wonderful sight to see. That was very inspiring. I don't know about you gentlemen. Go ahead. Send me that clip, cuz. <laughs> well, it's not like you, you enjoyed it, KJ. So what are your thoughts on when you hear it, man? Yo, this is all I say. I've been, but I say it coming from a man, I sound like I'm being misogynistic. I sound like I'm talking down. I sound like I'm being better than I sound like I want a woman to cater to everything that I wanted to do. When I say things like, yo, do you do whatever you want to do and I'll do whatever I want to do. And if we sink, we sink. When I say that, then it sounds like, oh, he just want to, he want to fuck up bitches and he want to do all of this and that. I'm like, come on, man. Like if you think that way, I don't even respond to it. It's like, you can't hear Jimmy. You follow what I'm saying? For those who seen white men can't jump. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yo, shorty was spot on. We need to, you know, Crack her open, get the seed out, and plant a whole field of them. <laughs> Be better off. All right, Banks, what's your thoughts when you hear her talking, man? I, I agree. I think um, the big thing is, you know, just trying to figure out the person that you're with. Try to understand the what they like, what they what they dislike, or whatever, and see if you are able to mesh with that. And I feel like a lot of people have their own agendas of just trying to change whoever it is that they don't like, that they get so caught up in that where 
it creates a pattern of just complete nonsense. Okay. Josh, you have a, a, a roaring round of applause. So, <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, well, she reminds me of uh, Masharla Ali, that lady we keep uh, sending us in the group chat. So, it just reminds me of uh, her book, her great work, which was called the, was it the Black Man's Guide? Or the, uh, I, I apologize, I'll get the name of the book, but essentially it's a guide for the black man to understand black women and more specifically black women to understand themselves and how they ended up at this mental point, which has, has been exacerbated by the, let's say the womanist cult in the media. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the first few minutes of her, I think was spot on. I do think, um, a lot of times, um, you know, I've dealt with it myself, certain, um, you know, when it comes to certain women, that you know they sometimes think that a man's supposed to act a certain way or be a certain way to them because they're a woman right and what i mean by that is that as far as you know all the things they do for them or whether or not they're gonna you know um i guess like e even stay with them in certain ways like like they don't actually do anything to make the man really want to be with them they just expect him to be with because they're a woman so I appreciate what, he's, what she says. You don't know what it takes or you don't, um, you know, you need to do more and stuff like that. Like just because you're that doesn't mean I should be, I guess, going above and beyond. What You know, what what else are you bring to the proverbial table, I guess, is what it speaks. So I appreciated what she said that coming from a woman's perspective. I don't know I think on that. So. But it looks like we all agree on that, man. And that, that was good. I, I have the clip, so I'm sure Josh sent it to you, KG. And I'm sure you'll you'll definitely um take heed to that. Um, and uh, thank you, Chloe. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. A very false sense of entitlement. You know, I've 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 been with uh, situations, and not uh, like I said to go back in. I've been in situations like that, and when you sit back and think, especially when it comes to like going towards the end, it's like you know, what are you actually doing to improve my life, my quality of life? Are you helping me in any way? Are you making me a better person? Are you um, being considerate? Are you thoughtful? Are you somebody like, I, I need to have her around? Or are you just a woman? You know what I mean? Because I can have fun, you know, a lot of different ways in my life. You know what I mean? So that's got to be more than that, I, I guess. So, um, and, and she seems to have that down pat, I would say. Uh, the next topic, um, oh, so Miguel, if you don't mind, because of the time sake, you want to save the next topic for another show and just go straight to the fourth one. I was thinking at the same thing. We're on the same oh, page here, bro. Nice. I was already going to do it. So, and I love this topic because we have KG on the show, right? And he's the guy who has his own thoughts on marriage and marriages, as we already know. So the next one is just very simple, KG. Apparently, marriage in a recent study shows divorce rates are falling and marriages are lasting a lot longer these days. So why do you think that is? Read it before. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, if if anything, man, I think that um what well, I would I can only hope and what I hope is that um people are realizing that in order for their marriages to work they have to work their marriages they have to be able to make their relationship their relationship 
They don't make it their parents or their uncles or their grandparents, or they were together this long and I'm going to do it just like that. I think that from what I see in, in my circles that people are saying like, nah, I don't, I don't care what happened before. In order for this to work, we got to think like this. We got to be in line this way. We got to move this way. We got to be on the same page. You got to have value in order to get value. I'm not giving you shit. You got to earn it. And I feel like when that happens, a respect is established in the relationship, right? That you're going to, you guys are going to march to your own beat. Not like, oh, well, we got to do it on this timetable. Like it just adds pressure. When you remove that pressure, that weight gets lifted off of your chest and you can actually be who you are, not be who you thought you had to be. And if people are thinking for themselves now and they're making their unions, something that is an individual thing with that particular group, then I think that this would imply that the youth are now being more of individuals also. Okay. You want to read a close comment, Josh, before we go to the next person? Sure. People are waiting longer to get married instead of doing it young. Also, a lot of people don't get married unless they are serious now because it's more acceptable to be single in 2020 with kids. Absolutely. Okay. What do you think about that, uh, Banks, as far as the uh, the divorce rates are dropping right now? I don't know how true that is. Um, I, I'm curious to see where they get those stats at because especially with how a lot of people um, mirror the relationships off of social media and celebrities and uh, the whole uh, premise and idea of celebrities still divorcing at an all-time high, especially you see Cardi B and uh, such and such, uh, an offset. Offset, going yeah. back and forth every week about something. Um, they kind of, in a way, make it a joke. Um, if the numbers are going down, that's that's great. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, but to attribute to that, I think once you realize whatever it is that you have within your particular relationship and you are able to work it with your particular partner and not the outside i think that's what make that's what makes that relationship go and last as opposed to you going to outside parties or worrying about what other people have to say about a person that they don't know when you know that person and i feel like you should really focus on what you know as opposed to a stranger who has no idea about what things that you dealt with and what things that you grew with, with that particular individual. And if, if these facts are, if these uh, uh, numbers are true, Josh, what would you, I guess, say the reason maybe if you were to take a guess, I guess. If they were true, exactly what KG said and what Banks said, right? People are taking this more seriously. And as Claude just said, they're, they're making more, calculated decision from an individual perspective, which is what we want, because unfortunately, a lot of people are indoctrinated from society, the media, and oftentimes will, you know, do what their parents taught them as well, right, without actually thinking for themselves, unfortunately. So similar to the old adage that most likely you're going to vote for who your parents vote for is one of those statistical correlations, unfortunately. But if we look at the actual stats, it was for 
every thousand marriage in the last year. So only four uh, was it fourteen point nine in the in, in divorce, which means they lasted a, a year. So what are the two oh, year stats? What are the three year stats? What are the five year stats? Yeah, if it's if it's the last year, <laughs> that might have a lot to do with them being stuck with each other with the pandemic. But uh, I will say that in a general sense, I do think Chloe is right. People are taking their time more and, and, and KG uh, so to find their mate right now and kind of like, um, you know, which will make them last longer. They're not jumping into marriages so quickly as I guess they were between, let's say, 1980 and 2015, I guess, so to speak. So I think uh, things might be going. I think, you know, as we. we I mean, it's only, I mean, things go in circles, right? So at one point, marriages lasted long, and then they didn't last long, and then now you may go back to lasting long. Whatever you look at, stocks, whatever, things go in cycles. The housing market, it goes in cycles. So, and it may go back the other way at some point. But I think right now is a period where people are taking more time. Um, they're definitely, um, when when they choose a mate, they have the, their option. The way they the way they're choosing them, they're getting more options with dating apps. They're kind of like um, able to filter what they really want now. So when they choose somebody, it could lead to a more solid, much uh, longer lasting foundation. I would say, um, you know, hopefully. You, you you're saying that you think that what marriage marriage is lasting longer because people are waiting to get married? Well, that's what Close said. But I, I said that they're... <laughs> I, 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 I said that they're um, not waiting to get married, like waiting until they're 45, but I'm saying they're taking their time as far as what the mate that they choose before they get married. Like they're not just jumping in and say, hey, let's get married today or whatever. I don't like you know, making sure that, that that's the right person for them over whatever time period, whether it's two year period or whatever, stuff like that. I'd be curious to see uh, how many people were single without kids before getting married. <laughs> because I'm also curious if having kids before they were married was like together was one of the reasons why they got married. And we know that happens often as well. And usually those last longer than a year. So perhaps a lot of quarantine babies, a lot uh, led to, uh, you know, Things happening. I don't know. I think my biggest point, and 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 I didn't even take the thought to start talking, was about the fact that people are filtering who they choose in general much better than they were twenty years ago or whatnot. You kind of had a, uh, a smaller pick of the litter than you do right now. The world is wide open. So you don't have to pick, you know, whoever is close to you anymore and stuff like that. Before there was even a TomTom -tom or GPS. Now you can get places, find the right person for you. So I think it does make things a little different. But anyway, hey, man, that's our show. Uh, it's been a great, great show. KG, we appreciate you coming on, man. You, you're welcome anytime, man. It's definitely been, been, been great. Banks, as always, man, a pleasure. You know. We're not bringing up the T.I. No, nah, we'll say that for the next show. Why not? As we go. Oh, we'll, man, I can't wait for that. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know but thank you all for watching and commenting um Chloe, Chi, Diana, Mikea, everybody's in the audience Chris B uh please like comment and subscribe as well and um you know we'll be back uh, first thing next month you know we'll be back first thing next month all right peace fellas have a good night all right man good night everybody all right peace thanks KJ